You're listening to the Future Sense podcast. You can find us online at futuresense.it. Hello and welcome to Superwoo Radio, another magnificent episode. I'm very, very excited here today. I have uh, an old mate who is a new friend. <laughs> <laughs> From the day that we met, it was like uh, instant recognition, yep. um, and we're finding that um, in these parts, aren't we? We're bumping into people. Um, Steve McDonald. Steve, welcome to Sipu Radio. Thanks, George. Great to be here. Yeah, good on you, mate. I really, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Um, it's been a joy, the conversations that we've had. Um, we haven't known each other in this lifetime for a very long time, um, but we sure have that connection going on definitely there's a vibe there for sure yeah you know and um it's really nice because we can deep dive into stuff and it's like we're not really getting to know each other i mean took us all the five minutes the first time we met and then we just went straight into the big stuff right yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) absolutely (laughs) and we got some exciting things to coming up in the future a little bit of training coming up and so forth um, I'm really excited about that. Very much looking forward to um, you know building up the fitness levels again and mm-hmm. um, and getting into some of the you know the fun stuff that we like to do. Yeah, uh, our, our, our nurturing our warrior archetypes. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's going to be very very um, nourishing. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. It's, yeah, it's good. And our friend yeah. Jan as well. You yeah. know, he's going to be a very good uh, sifu, I think. Yes. Yeah, I've already done uh, a bit of time with him and yeah. certainly knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. great. Um, I'm like starting all over again, <laughs> like just from beginning. Um, and speaking about beginnings, um, can you share just a little bit about your background? Because you've had, um, uh, you know, like me, you've had a very adventurous life. Yeah. And yeah, I'm actually excited to hear more about it because it was sure really good to hear in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So... I was born in Sydney and uh, by the water up at Manly and uh, lived uh, all of my young years on the north side of Sydney. Mm. Um, I I was very fortunate to live close to the bush so I used to spend a lot of time in nature as a kid and uh, I have Aboriginal blood through my father's line Mm. although uh, when I was young there was no connection to culture and and it was uh, that era where it was shameful to talk about you know that sort of thing so uh, I grew up without that connection to culture and it's only recently as I shared with you that I've really connected with my Aboriginal family up here and and uh, here I am on my traditional land as we talk which is fantastic that's got to feel good right yeah it does feel I good. noticed when you walked in before just the way you just really merging with everything all the trees the lay of the land the whole lot it's really nice yeah it talks to me it's fantastic yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so and it was it was really that uh connection that i felt with nature that mm. drew me to want to work outdoors mm. uh, and i had some uh history of military service in the family so my on my dad's side in particular my grandfather and my dad and his his brother mm. my uncle um so that seemed like the obvious thing for me to do so i ended up uh going into the army Mm. Uh, and I uh, spent 15 years as mm. an army officer mm. and I did two different things in the army I spent some time flying helicopters yeah and most of the time I was an infantry officer mm. uh, in the mainstream mm. um, and that was very adventurous and it mm. really it really nourished my need to be outdoors and living in harmony with nature mm. um, and I traveled a lot which I enjoyed 
to where you posted anywhere? Did you have any tour of duties? Yeah, I did go to Africa in 1993 when there, there was that big humanitarian crisis in Somalia. Oh, that was horrendous. Huh? Yeah, and wow. so that there was essentially civil war was mm. disrupting the mm. country and the United Nations was in there trying to feed people, but they were getting pinned down by the local warlords and uh, yeah. the, the Americans led a force in there. Mm. And we sent, uh, I think, over a 1,000 people from Australia and uh, spent five months there. And, uh, yeah, that was a life-changing experience for me, for oh, sure. Would have to be. Absolutely. And full spectrum, you know, amazing mm. experiences and traumatic ones as well. Yeah. Um, and while I was there, I really intuitively got that I'd kind of ticked all the boxes that I needed to tick, you know, for my mm. military service. So when I came back, I, I was looking at what was next and really had no idea, to be honest with you. Um, mm. And I, I kind of fell into a flying job because I had the military training qualifications uh, and that was something that I could do and it was out of the army. So mm. uh, I did that and um, flew in Sydney for a short while and then came up here to Gladstone and I uh, flew on the tourist run to Heron Island for a year and then went to Mackay and uh, with the same company I got a job flying the rescue helicopter there for five years so Very doing nice. emergency services mostly emergency medical response mm, yeah. uh, a bit of police work a bit of search and rescue as well um, mm. and uh, and yeah I really enjoyed my time in Mackay it's a beautiful spot mm. uh, very sort of rich sort of volcanic area yeah yeah yeah, fantastic. Uh, I haven't been to Mackay yet. I, okay, yeah. I definitely look forward to getting up there. Yeah, yeah, big sugar and, and also coal mining, yeah. you know, community there. Also, but, uh, but it's in the rainforest belt, you know, so mm. nature's beautiful there. Mm. Uh, and then um, both times that I've been flying in my career, it sort of amuses me for a while, but then I get mm. bored intellectually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that happened again um, up in Mackay. So I started doing some training and management consulting on the side with a local company up there. Mm. And um, and I've both times when I've moved out of flying in my life, it's really because I've been drawn to work more closely with people, you know, rather yeah. than kind of driving a machine. Yeah. Uh, and it was the same pull again that pulled me out of flying and, and into mm. uh, change management, actually, mm. so with a focus on human development. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and then... From there I went to Melbourne and uh, I ended up with a, a consulting office on Collins Street in Melbourne City in the big end of town and doing change management consulting wow, there. That's for, right for in the heart years. of it there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I loved that too. Melbourne was a, mm. was a great experience culturally, you know, if you can yeah. if you can It's a very eclectic city. Well, it used to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crikey. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was uh, an incredibly beautiful city and it had a beautiful vibe. It was very cosmopolitan. Yeah. Um, they have absolutely just smashed that now, and yeah. that's very sad. Very, very sad. One of the best cities in the world, and they're just destroying it. You know, really. Yeah. All my Melbourne friends are escaping at the moment, or trying to. Yeah. 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 So sad. Sad to see. Sad to see. Yeah. yeah. And the, the pull to Melbourne, it was uh, it was very much a spiritual pull as as much as anything else. You know, I felt like I, I was needed to go there to connect with a the community there, mm. and uh, and I did. I while I was there, I got connected to a number of threads that have become central to to my work really Mm. Um, one of them was this body of research by an american professor of psychology called claire w graves which is a developmental psychology study and Mm. it was done mid last century and graves was was one of these people who was just way ahead of his time you know Mm. he was he was maybe the einstein of psychology but he's he's not really recognized for it Uh, and 
and he studied a bunch of people for, for nine years, um, collected a whole lot of data and then got a team In together. In what way did he study them? So, so it was a developmental psychology study and what that means mm. is looking at how we grow through developmental stages mm. from a psychological perspective. And is that development you know, um, managed or is it just free-flowing? It's free-flowing, so it's, right. an, it's yep. a natural aspect yep. of, of human consciousness. Yeah that we adapt to the complexity of our surroundings mm. yeah and and when we're born life is relatively simple you know we just need to eat and sleep uh, and have that care of, of mum and family and have fun and play yeah yeah and and it, you know as we grow like we when we're newborn we're doing really nothing much except eating and sleeping mm, and then true. as we grow mm. we expand into you know as you suggested play and and mm. we, we learn about our family and then we grow outside the family to community mm. and those sorts of things and each one of those uh, developmental stages um, brings and opens up extra capacities in our consciousness mm. basically because we need to you know cope with more complexity and and so there were three big things that came out of Graves's work uh, the first one was this uh, adaptive relationship with the complexity that we're experiencing so the more complex our life conditions yeah the more complex our consciousness needs to be mm-hmm. to cope mm-hmm. with, with that, those mm-hmm. life conditions. Um, so second, do you think the consciousness grows into that complexity to cope with the complexity of life? Um, you know, like on an, on a, on an individual basis? Is, is there like a, a collective influence there as well? Like a collective, like pre-existing field of consciousness? Yeah, so... So um, Graves coined this term life conditions, okay. which basically means everything, right? Yeah. So it's the energetic surrounding mm. that you find yourself in, you know, mm. at, at, in all dimensions. Mm. Uh, it's, it's your own history, you know, your psychological history, yeah. the, the, you know, the challenges that you're faced with in life. So that's, that's really an all-encompassing term, and it includes... Because I consider that the real university. Yeah, totally it is. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the path that we walk is the actual real university. Yeah. It's yeah. our existence in the universe and it's how we're living in the universe. Yeah. And, and, and what we learn, the life lessons that we learn walking that path and we cultivate the wisdom. I, I think it's, um, yeah, it's priceless yeah, as far as I'm concerned. And all those other institutions, for me, they're the extracurricular activity. They're the ones that are, you know, artificially putting... Uh, certain curriculums into our mind and into our consciousness to assimilate into society, yeah. um, a particular version of society. So um, I, I try to remind people that we're all sitting on a gold mine, each and every one of us, if we just learn how to cultivate the wisdom from our life experiences ourselves. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I, I kind of got that at the time that I was leaving high school because mm. all the my my friends you know were going to university mm. and I just had this sense that actually life experience is going to be more valuable to me than going to university and so I, I that's that's yep. the way I went you know? yep. yeah yeah um, good on you yeah for recognizing it yeah you yeah mm. and, I, and I, I have no regrets around that yeah 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 served me well mm. so yeah that was that was probably the, the most important thing that Graves discovered was this uh, link to complexity driving mm. our activation yeah um, and then the other two things that he kind of mapped were these uh, stages of growth which I actually call layers because they're kind mm. of wrapped mm-hmm. inside each other um, okay. so he mapped out eight 
very, very discreet stages, each with its own worldview, motivations, mm. behaviours, mm. likes and dislikes. Mm. And at that time, society's dominant worldview globally was number five on his spectrum, right? So he's mapped six, seven, and a teeny little bit of eight, three worldviews ahead in an evolutionary progression sense than, wow. than the mainstream. Wow. And therein lies the, you know, the value of his work to me, is that he provided us a little window into the future in terms of who we are becoming as human beings, yeah? Beautiful. Uh, yeah. And the third aspect of his work was really mapping the experience of change, which... Uh, so he was seeing, just interjecting, because I'm, yeah. I'm reframing it. Yeah. So he was seeing the evolution of human consciousness and where it was headed and how it was expressing itself forward in time, basically. Yeah. Well, it was already merging. And so you got the worldview, but he was seeing number six, seven, and eight, which are three stages ahead. Yes, that's right. And so through that, you could work out where human consciousness is evolving towards. Yeah, and you yeah. know he was—I mean—he was an academic working in Union College in Schenectady, upstate yeah. New York. So, mm. you know, he wasn't a particularly spiritually focused uh, guy in terms of his work, but he was certainly aware. Mm. He was spiritually aware, and, and you know, he he needed a certain level of awareness and, and intelligence, obviously, to be mm. able to understand what he found. You know, you'd have to have some knowledge of the quantum as well, uh, human consciousness, different states, different dimensions of consciousness so was he did he have an awareness of dimensions of reality i I, he certainly wrote that these higher layers higher Mm. frequency layers um were more focused on multi-dimensional awareness so he wrote that yeah because that's that's what i'm experiencing yeah i see it in you too yeah yeah yeah. you're experiencing you're living it yeah yeah so we're we're experiencing the multi-dimensional like I've got to shut it down so I could be here. Otherwise, mm. I'm out there, yeah. you know, having all sorts of conversations and with whoever's around, trees, bugs, whatever. You know, just got to bring it in, yeah. don't we? And yeah. just condense it so we can be in the here and now, in the presence. That's right. Of, of this space-time yeah, yeah. location. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I've actually got a hematite bracelet on today, which is all about <laughs> grounding. <laughs> Otherwise, you're off with the cicadas on, by the way. I thought the tour was to be too much. I I need an anchor here. (laughs) (laughs) Too funny. Oh, you could hear the cicadas all around us. That's what all that buzzing is in the background. And uh, they're very well supported by the cicadas today. And lots of butterflies flying around. So So it's not that ship. uh... (laughs) No, no. I'm not not feeling the ship at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, just, just to, I, I, I would love to come back and talk in more detail about these higher mm. uh, levels of human consciousness. Mm. Um, the, let, let me finish answering your question. Yeah. I'll just quickly give you the rest of my story. So, yeah, um, yeah the third aspect of that Graves really mapped is the what we experience when we go through change. And this is mm. really the hero's journey that mm. Joseph Campbell wrote about. Yeah. Same thing. Basically. That's sensational. He Same. nailed it. Yeah, yeah. He really did. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that um, that was something I could stick in my back pocket, and, mm. and you know it's become central to my work now. Mm. And the other big thing that I encountered when I was living in Melbourne was uh, psychedelic plant medicines. Right. Through, um, in particular, ayahuasca, the South American plant. Did medicine. you have that shamanic, like, inherent essence in you prior to that? I or, did. I did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I. 
I just just winding back a little bit when I was living in Mackay, um, I had a I had a spontaneous awakening of sorts, mm. um, where one day it was just like somebody flicked a switch and I just became suddenly aware of, of multidimensionality, you know. Um, and around that time, in that particular year, I had started meditating. I had a, a guy, a, a pilot who was working with me on the rescue helicopter who mm. came to town and him and his wife were, were into woo stuff mm. and um, introduced myself and my wife at the time to meditation. So I, I started like sitting meditation and in that same year I also started my Taoist Kung Fu, which is a meditative style of Kung Fu. Mm. Um, and I had some... I can say in in hindsight with you know having now had some psychedelic experience mm. back then I was totally naive to to these sorts of interdimensional drugs um, but I had some really interesting interdimensional experiences just doing qigong mm. Um, mm. you know where I and and the the type of qigong in my the style that I study is open eyed so it's an open eyed meditation mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes I'd be just doing standing qigong and the ground would start to ripple like it was the ocean and those sorts of things. Wow. And I went through a a phase of seeing the wind. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So, and those sorts of things, just without any drugs, just, you know, pure meditation. Yeah. So, yeah, I I had that kind of Mm. thing happening for me, yeah. Mm. That's fantastic. Yeah. So what was the the, the trigger in Melbourne with the... Um, Look, at the the trigger was really... uh, a new friend that I made when I went down there, mm. a, a lovely friend by the name of Ron Laurie. G'day, Lon, if, Ron, if you ever see this video. Hey, um, Ron, Ron uh, introduced me to Graves' work and also the work of Ken Wilber. Uh, and uh, either of those, yeah. And uh, Ken, Ken Wilber's a, an American yep. sort of author, philosopher, um, yep. who's written extensively on understanding dimensions of consciousness. Um, and then uh, Ron had grown up uh, in Glasgow and had been exposed to some psychedelics as a teenager there. Okay. And he explained to me that he thought they could be tools for mm. expanding consciousness, mm. you know, human growth. And so I was curious and I said to him, look, if we ever get a chance to do something and you know that it's safe, you know, mm. and we're happy with it, then give me a bell. So mm. three years later, I think it was, he rang me up one day and he said, um, I've just been invited to an ayahuasca ceremony. And I said, that's great, Ron. What's ayahuasca? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, Fair enough question. Yeah, yeah. So he and I, <laughs> and for those who might not know, ayahuasca mm. is a traditional plant medicine that comes out of South America. Um, and uh, it's, it's one of its active ingredients is DMT. Um, and so, which interestingly is, is naturally occurring in the body. It's an endogenous chemical and probably associated with our dreaming process mm. uh, we think anyway Ron and I went and I uh, had an experience and, and I went into the experience with a question in my mind is this some sort of a tool you know that could be useful in my work because mm. by that time I, I had aligned my work with my spiritual path uh, thanks yeah. to that kind of you know awakening that I had in 1999 so mm. even though I was working in you know the corporate world in the middle of the city I was really working on uh, nurturing human consciousness within mm. that setting through helping people understand the change pro- process and go through change processes. Right. Um, yeah, so um, so that there was another thing that I discovered in Melbourne which, you know, mm. became central to my work uh, mm. over the years. And, and these days I'm actively involved in a couple of different research organisations that are researching um, medical applications of psychedelics. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really important. That really needs to happen sooner yeah. rather than later, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, um, whenever there was a psychosis in you know the world of shamanism, when we talk about our indigenous days, you know, and the indigenous peoples, the First Nations peoples, whatever terminology we got, Australians I call the Origines, the originals. Yeah. Um, the um, first thing the medicine woman or the medicine man of the tribe would um, know exactly how to go about it, and they do either a smoking ceremony or whatever. And, uh, and then they'd feel out the entity and if it was needed to go to the next level then they'd start to introduce some of these other medicines into the equation and um, yeah, if someone's got like a severe psychosis then um, there are certain medicines that clear it out really quickly um, even just after one ceremony and, and, and the psychosis is just gone so yeah, very powerful medicine yeah, absolutely and you really need to know what you're doing with those things they can very be, much so they can be dangerous in the hands of people who don't understand how they work yeah 100 percent. yeah 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 so that was that was another big thing uh that happened to me in melbourne and um i i also went through uh, a big personal transformation while i was down mm. there uh, which which sort of flipped me up one of these mm. stages that I've been talking about, mm. and that was a very interesting experience in itself because I, I, um, I also connected with a mystery school in Melbourne. So mm. I'd, I'd met a lady a few years earlier who um, was a long-time Rosicrucian, mm. and uh, so the Rosicrucians, for those who don't know, are a Western mystery school. The Rose um, and the Cross. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. With uh, historical links to the Knights Templar. Yes. Uh, hence the Red Cross thing, mm. Rose, Rosie Cross. Um, yeah, so uh, that was another thing uh, that sort of enriched my mm. myself in mm. Melbourne. And um, one of the senior Rosicrucians had gifted me a book called Shamanism by Mercia Eliad, which is regarded as the you know the go-to academic book on shamanism. Yeah, right. Um, and I was reading that, and I got up to the chapter on initiatory sickness, which is. This book is based on a study of many, many different indigenous cultures worldwide. And Mercia Eliad, who's a Greek fellow, mapped the common experiences he found in this, you know, what it meant to be a shaman and how people became shaman, a shaman in different cultures. Mm. Um, and one of the things that was consistent was that usually people got sick and had to go through dealing with their own sickness, healing themselves, and then once they'd done that, then they moved into, you know, that role. And so I was reading this chapter on initiatory sickness, and I got sick and went into hospital uh, from uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. It came up. Yeah, a as a result of my war service and yeah. my work in emergency services and those yeah. sorts of things. Uh, and I'd also been reading a book on Graves' work, you know, which is explaining the transformation process from his research-based angle um, and those two things helped me understand that I was going through something and not being destroyed, you know, uh, which was really important. So as I went through that... It's a major shift, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Because all yeah. of a sudden your whole approach to whatever you're going through changes. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what I found it's for me. It's a changing worldview. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so I was fortunate to have those two maps available mm. to me. And, uh, and knew that even though it was a really, really terrible thing, you know, that felt like it was destroying me, I knew that it was just a process and I would come mm. out the other side, you know. Um, so that was also very... Which is what's happening now for humanity. That's right, very much so. 
very much so. And that's why things are falling apart, but they're also simultaneously falling together into something new. Oh, I've yeah. got a saying, it's all coming together because it's all falling apart. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, um, so from, just to finish my, my brief life story, from there... That's uh, a big life story, it's fantastic. I ended up... Uh, I went over and had, did a retreat with some shaman from Ecuador who yeah. were using ayahuasca to understand, you know, how they worked. And mm. then eventually, uh, and, and again, this move was prompted by my PTSD flaring up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up moving to Byron Shire mm. from Melbourne to immerse myself in the plant medicine world there. Mm. And, um, and since doing that, I have got involved. I, I've taken what I learned out of the underground plant medicine world and I've... Yep. Uh, helped i guess the the legal formal academic research world to start to look at how these medicines can be used in the mainstream in a structured wow, way wow steve that is yeah. so fantastic to hear yeah. you say that really yeah yeah very commendable yeah so i'm one of the founders mm. of uh, a non-profit called psychedelic research in science and medicine or prism for short do you want to do you want to just say that again yeah so people if they want to look it up or support it or sure yeah, yeah. uh Psychedelic Research in Science and Medicine, which we mm-hmm. founded in 2011, and you can look at them on the web. Uh, it's prism, prism.org.au is the website. Mm. And Prism is currently running a research trial in conjunction with St. Vincent's Hospital in Melbourne, looking at yeah. using psilocybin from magic mushrooms wow. to treat um, near-death anxiety in terminally mm-hmm. ill patients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that we, we got that going early last year, and that was wow. Australia's first legal psychedelic study. And Congratulations. Uh, yeah, thank you. That's a, that's a very serious milestone. I, I think that's wonderful news. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And we've got another one about to start in Perth uh, using MDMA to treat PTSD. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a few others in the pipeline as well. And mm. the psychedelic scene in Australia is really exploding at the moment. Like mm. we've, we're probably 15 to 20 years behind other countries like America mm-hmm. um, and uh, but I don't yeah. feel like it's going to be long before we overtake them because you know we, we know there's something's going on with yeah. Australia the land um, yeah. with what's going on with the madness uh, for a very good reason you know there's good reasons behind it yeah. both on their side of the equation and on our side of the equation you know yeah. going to do with nature and I the light that's emanating from the land here we've talked about that yeah it's coming up. I've experienced it. You've experienced it. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's 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 this light coming out of the land. Yeah, and and yeah. impacting people. Yeah, it's really interesting. Frequency is shifting for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I I feel we might have started a little bit late, but yeah, our our the amount of people that I speak to who are um, engaging in these processes, and a lot of people their approach. It's not like you know that that era when so many people from the United States were doing the whole touristy thing and heading down into the jungles of um, Peru and mm. places like that. And it was really a tourist trap. And a lot of people were going back psychologically damaged and with psychosis and, yeah. you know, these huge malocas with, you know, 40, 50 people in them, which you don't do. And, uh, you know, it was just crazy. I mean, I'm I've, 12 was the most I've ever been involved in I wouldn't go beyond that um, even that's uncomfortable <laughs> having that many people and and all of their stuff going on around you um, and I'm really seeing in people a 
focused determination to be more respectful. Yeah. Um, and even though you get the odd person still, that's disrespectful. You know, life takes care of them, right? They, they'll, they'll have their challenging journey to work it out. Um, however, the percentage of people getting involved in, uh, I'll say, plant medicines at the moment, and their approach to it, their attitude to it, it's changed dramatically. Yeah. And I mean dramatically. Yeah. Everyone's so much more respectful um, than what they used to be. And they really treat the medicine as a uh, conscious living entity, which it is. We know that. Um, and, yeah, with a lot of great love, honour and respect. So I'm, I'm very confident that the, Australia's forging ahead with this. And we know that nature's the remedy, right? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Yeah. My understanding is that uh, as the world goes through this huge shift, which is accelerating right now, uh, Australia has a key role to play in mm. in the integration of that on the other side, you know, of the tipping point. That, that's my understanding. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We yeah. certainly see the same thing going on there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. we could be just biased. We could be just really patriotic. Um I mean, but you've travelled the world, I've travelled the world, and we, we get to see what's going on, you know, other places in the world. And each yeah. each part of the world's got its thing going on, and everyone's playing a role. We're all playing this really important role at the moment. Um, I'm just also looking at it from the point of view of, you know, because, you know, I've said this before, it's, as far as I'm concerned, it's not out of Africa, it's out of Australia. And, uh, and, and, and I have, you know, some pretty good evidence backing that up. So, and I've been, I've bear witness to some of it. So, um, it's, for me, I'm very confident when I say that. And if we look at what's going on in the world today, um, it's, it's showing. The, the reason Australia's being targeted right now is because this is where it began and this is where it's going to end. Yeah, I, I can see that. Uh because it seems that we have this role, we need to go through the worst of it first. You know, that, yeah. that's what I'm getting. Yeah. And that's why we've seen some extreme things happening here yeah. in, in recent times. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, the, the brutality that's going on in our country right now, it's, um, it, it, it's, it's amazing because the people that are waking up out of the trance um, are in shock mm. To the degree of the brutality when they have that realization occur, yeah, you know, so they come out of the um, the psychosis that they've been in that that trance-like state. It's like a sedative trance that people are in, inside of, and then when they come out of that, the most people are then in a state of shock and trauma, yeah, because they're actually seeing the veracity and the degree of um, barbarity that's being imposed upon good people, innocent people. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, that we spoke about that hero's journey, that when change happens quickly, like extreme change, it's quite normal for a human to go into shock, you know, and denial and, and through all those, you know, emotional states uh, before bedding down a new worldview. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, so once I got up in a Byron, I, I, I guess uh, I came up in 2009 and have uh, been based there ever since. Mm. And more recently, I created a, 
a non-profit foundation to carry my work and um, my work is really focused on human potential so Ooh. it's it's understanding what humanity is going through in terms Ooh. of our consciousness shift uh, helping people map that with the benefit of Claire Graves research understanding various technologies that can help support and accelerate that journey such mm. as psychedelic medicines but there are many many others as well uh, and also um, I, I travel and speak as a futurist uh, and I, of course my podcast is called Future Sense mm. uh, where I talk about what's happening in the world how people can make sense of it by understanding yeah. the research base uh, and understanding where it's headed with the benefit of this you know the predictive mm. element of Claire Graves' work can yeah. you can you share that podcast again? Just that yeah, you want to access the it's podcast. Future Sense. That's S E N S E dot I T. So Future Sense it. Right. Yeah. That's really clever. I like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> We're good with our URLs. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sets the you know, the ecosystem, doesn't it? It's like that energetic template. It does. Template. It does. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and, you know, going back to Graves' work, what's really interesting is just understanding, like any sort of distribution, you know, if you've ever worked in, in statistics, uh, you always get a bit of a bell curve happening, you know, mm. where, you know, there's some bias to this mm -hmm. side, some bias yep, to that side, sure. and most people in the middle, right? Yep. And from a, a growth perspective, you know, some humans are kind of lagging a bit, and some, most humans are kind of in the middle, and there's a few mm -hmm. humans that are ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. And that where they're distributed there is really linked to the complexity of their life conditions so mm. interestingly you know in many cases the humans that have been through the worst of it mm. and have had to face with extreme complexity mm. are the ones who've actually had to develop extremely complex uh, complex uh, frequencies of consciousness mm. to cope with mm. you know what's been thrown at them yeah, yeah interesting yeah I'm, I'm i'm going to put my hand up and say i feel like i'm in that category mm, i think so because the school yeah. hard knocks that i've been through yeah yeah over the years Yep, absolutely. And the experiences, the extent of the experiences that I've had. Yeah. Um, and, you know, an, another way of expressing that is really talking about, from an alchemical point of view, mm. you know, you need the heat of the fire to transform mm. the, mm. the elements, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, like the crucible of pain. Yeah. And get addicted to the fire of pain. Yeah, well, hopefully mm. not addicted, but yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah. No, because that's when we yeah. play the victim perpetually. Yeah. No, and that, yeah. I did, I went through that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was necessary because yeah. um, coming out the other end of that process for me, I'm I'm able to really identify it quickly. I can I can see it in people. I can help you know talk about my experience through it, which then empowers people who are watching and listening to contemplate how it fits in their life. And you know, mm. um, because the more we play the victim, then the more we need saving. Yeah, and that more drives us further away from our sovereignty from our empowerment from our um, skills and capabilities yeah yeah and uh, you know i guess um the way that things work here is you you'll stay in a you know state as long as you need to until you get what you need yeah. to get you know before you move on kind of like holding patterns and it was repeating cycles it's like oh okay do i need to learn this again <laughs> do, do you find that 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 pain reaches like a critical mass and then, and then it catalyzes change. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, as, as many humans as there are on this planet, there's probably as many different experiences of going through mm. um, the change process. But, but certainly, you need to reach a tipping point. You mm. know, that's mm. that's the way it works, and you need enough tension in place to 
for you, whatever you need to to reach that tipping point and tip over, um, and and that that's a really important thing to understand at this time. And I often use the the slingshot analogy. You know, um, if you've got a slingshot, you got to pull backwards on the rubber band in order to make the projectile go forwards, Ooh, right? Yeah. And the more tension you create, mm-hmm. then the more effect it's going to have, the mm-hmm. further it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And so at this time, you know, all of the, the pain that we see out there, this is the tension on the rubber band that's building and building and building mm. in it. And it will get to a certain point where people say, hang on a minute, no, no more, that's enough, you know, I want something different. And you get that motivation for change. Yeah, and thankfully mm. we're seeing that unfold globally now with large numbers of people, mm. even though it's not being covered by the mainstream media. No, of course not. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people are standing up there and saying mm. enough. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's great news. Yeah, I saw a very powerful delivery from someone uh, deep in the media, actually, and and connected to a network in the media, networks of media channels. Um, he absolutely let it rip this morning. Yeah. Like, big time. Um, I wish I had a dollar for every time you used the F word. Wow, yeah. But that would have been great. It wasn't on commercial media. It's his own personal posting, mm-hmm. but he's connected to all the big media outlets and... Yeah, he let it loose. So yeah, we um, we're we're seeing the changes happening in people. Yeah, I'll play that. I'll give you a copy of that or yeah, link to it later. Yeah, I'd like to check that out. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, definitely yeah. definitely you gotta you gotta go. Whoa, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a step back because he was uh, really fired up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting times. But it's very inspirational. <laughs> yeah. 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 So so I guess that's my story um it's a great story too and you know the interesting thing about it was back in it was 2003 that i came across those the uh, the work of graves you know and i straight away when i looked at it i thought holy shit this is actually a little window into the future you know it's just a predictive model and interestingly enough not everybody who looks at the at the work can see that you know i know people who've who've been familiar with it for years but they don't really get that it's actually a little prediction of the future of humanity there um and 2003, because yeah. that was my main event. Okay. Very interesting year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was that was when I found myself in hospital uh, in Melbourne with PTSD in 2003. Yeah, there you second go. half of the year. Mm. Yeah, yeah, interesting times. Um, it was a good year. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to find a good bottle of wine from that yeah. from that era, <laughs> and then toast to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was a great year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so what, what I learned from that is that uh, this map that he came up with is like a fractal pattern and you can apply it to Ooh. the whole of humanity's evolution. So, we, you know, we started out as indigenous hunter-gatherers mm. and really just focused on what we needed to survive and, mm. and we're born into the world in that state where we're just really we need the food and the shelter and comfort and and, and that's the era after so that what you just spoke of mm. you, what were you calling that beginning well that was the beginning I mean, of there's no beginning this is just a uh, this is this is uh, i guess um bookmarked by the scientific definition of the emergence of homo sapiens yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, what, yeah. what I'm, sh- I'm i'm adding to it so yeah. i'm just and i'm giving like perspective yeah um, and I'm going to, I'm talking with conviction yeah. because of my, you know, my experiences. Yeah. Um, and so that was in this era. So earth goes through a big change yeah. and then the whole ecosystem gets restructured 
and then that emergence of Homo sapien within that ecosystem. Because prior to that, it was a different dimension of reality. The ecosystem was not consumeristic. Mm, that's right. So this is the, we're talking about the emergence of the consumeristic ecosystem, which we're in now. Yeah. And then the emergence of humanoids in that space. Yeah. So prior to that, you'd call it the dreaming or call it, yep. you know, Gondwana yep. land when all was one yeah. and yeah. in harmony with nature, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally, totally, yeah. And, and I guess, uh, you know, because we're, we're both here to help with this shift, you know, mm. we, need to, mm. we need to speak to those people who are about to or who are going through it mm. in terms that are conventional to them, you know, uh, mm. and what they've, what they've grown up with. Mm. Um, and sometimes if you start talking about dream time issues and those sorts mm. of things, people will just brush it off, you know, mm. and so on. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you'll be surprised with uh, the folks who are uh, watching and listening. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, to this yeah. podcast, yeah. they're well versed in all these areas. Absolutely. I and, get that. and for yeah. me, like it really value adds. Yeah. To for their the ability to frame it. Yeah, I get so that to for speak. sure. Yeah. 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 So what I what I kind of realised back then, 2003, was that this this time that we're in now was coming. Mm. You know, and, I, and mm. I've been watching for it ever since mm. then. Uh, and, and preparing for it work-wise mm. um, and with the understanding that this is what's going on now is a transition into a very short-lived paradigm mm. which I'm not even sure is going to be particularly stable because it's going to be so full of disruptive change mm. and then it's leading us up to a tipping point which as best as I can uh, place in time at the moment looks like around about 2032 we're going to see a tipping point a consciousness tipping point on the planet exactly my timeline yeah, yeah. And, and between now and then we need to this small percentage of mm. humans who have already made this shift to the higher frequency mm. we need mm. to expand the numbers there mm. to get to the point where the the momentum or the the presence of that particular frequency on the on the planet is sufficient to tip the whole planet's mm. frequency over mm. So we then get a you know a, a big knock-on effect. Because like if we effect. don't, there's something coming in the 40s, which will in the early 40s, around 42. Yeah. Which is going to be the knock-on effect if we don't make that switch. Yeah, in the 30s. absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I I, yeah. I might talk a little bit about what I've been the information that I've been given about now between now and the 2040s. So mm. from from I would a, love to hear about it from I really a galactic would. perspective. Yeah. Um, because I just want to say, Steve. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, this is super woo radio. Yeah. This is not normal woo radio. <laughs> and and I, I guarantee you, mate, there is nothing you can say that's going to shock my listening audience. I, yeah? I, I get that, mate. Um, so please, uh, full permission, I give yep. you full permission to open up and let loose and you are allowed to say anything here. All right, okay. thank you very much. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. So... Uh, from a galactic perspective, our solar system has been flying through a part of the galaxy mm. uh, immersed in a cloud of gas and dust, mm. which mm. we've called the local cloud. Yeah. So um, our astronomers have obviously figured that out and they've mm. named it the local cloud. And we are, as I speak, exiting the local cloud. Mm. And the local cloud has protected us from interstellar radiation cosmic radiation mm. during that time mm. uh, and if you go back in time um, I, I came across a, a beautiful published scientific study which looked at the extinction of the Neanderthals and uh, mapped it to a shift in 
the impact of cosmic radiation on the planet at the time in fact an increase and I theorized that Homo sapiens had a beneficial DNA change that allowed Homo sapiens to be more resilient to cosmic radiation and, and consequently the Neanderthals died out because they couldn't handle the higher energy um, environment life conditions mm. so something similar is happening again and uh, as we exit the local cloud our solar system is going to fly through an unprotected and unshielded part of the galaxy for a short period of time until about 2040 right and then we'll be entering another cloud called the G cloud and the G cloud has a higher ambient frequency than mm. we have right now and so this is really um, at, a, at a solar system level mm. what is driving the frequency shift on our planet is, is this transition between mm. these two clouds mm. and what we can expect during that time is um, a change in our own DNA which is obviously has already started and yeah. I'd suggest that these people at Claire Graves you know only a very small percentage of his study group mm. but the people that he identified back mid last century were already going through this shift and mm. um, and uh, once we get into the G cloud, this is the prophesized, you know, golden age where everything will be different. Uh, lower frequencies won't be able to survive on this planet, mm. and uh, things are going to be much more friendly than mm. they are right now. Mm. So, um, what we're facing during that time is like a bifurcation, a species bifurcation, mm. Mm. where um, my understanding is that Homo sapiens will either transform into Homo Luminous or whatever you want to call mm. our next version of I like of that term. I like it too. It feels good, doesn't it? It feels great. It feels yeah. great. It must be right, I think. <laughs> uh, or the other option is uh, to leave the planet hmm. and uh, through whatever means... Uh, I call them... Um, there's like two or three different versions of harvest that's yeah. going on. Yep. Yeah, because yep. there's interested parties in harvesting as much as they can yep, yep. from this world. Yep. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of cryon, and I'm not sure that you're familiar with cryon. Uh, but, um, cryon is a, a channeled entity who uh, oh, speaks through Lee I thought you were talking about an um, asteroid that's in astrology, isn't it? Yeah, no. no. Oh, so, okay. so cryon's an entity that speaks through an American fellow called Lee Carroll. Right. Um, and uh, his, cryon's message is really solid. Cryon... Yep calls himself uh, um, cryon of magnetic service okay um, and, and I think part of his gift is to really help us understand the importance of electromagnetic fields and, mm. and their usefulness mm. uh, and their impact on us so cryon has spoken about this transition um, I've also found references to it in JJ Hurtak's writings in the uh, book of knowledge the keys of Enoch um, and they're consistent, you know, and other sources mm. as well have come to me, and it's all a consistent message. Mm. It's, yeah, okay, we're flying through this part of space mm -hmm. when we're in that unprotected zone. Cos we're cosmic ecosystem. Yeah, the words, exactly. Which provides a set of experiences, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, it, all, you know, it, it ultimately drives everything, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, energetic emissions from the central sun in our galaxy, yeah. you know, coming in waves, and we're going we're gonna, to... these waves of energy they're already mm. splashing over us they always have been but mm. once we leave the protection of the, the local cloud they're going to have more energetic impact on the planet uh, and bring bring rapid changes you know in that space so mm. between now and, and 2040 we're looking mm. at um, rapid change mm. and and this 
um, gradual emergence of a new species of humanity, um, and mm. and that species emergence, um, that that transition into the new species can happen to us while we're alive. So it's not a matter yeah. of you know someone dying and then giving and then uh, coming back or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, that transformation can take place in a living human, and, and mm. already is. Mm. Yeah, I'm seeing people transform before my eyes. Yeah. You know, I've seen them happening, you know, in my work, through my courses. You're seeing them through the courses that you teach, the yeah. work that you do with folks. Yeah. Um, and I'm also seeing it happening spontaneously. Yeah. You know, because yeah. we went through spontaneous changes That's right. in our own life path. Yeah. yeah. I know you've had them. I've had them. I yeah. can tell you've had them because you've got that yeah. energetic signature which tells me. Mm -hmm. and, and just the way you are as a being tells me that you have. And then there's also the... Um, the ones that we've had that were brought on by, you know, like a, a catalyst, be it a, a, um, a very traumatic experience yes. or a very deep experience or a very emotional experience, you know, um, and so we've got those types of transformative processes that we go through as well. So, yeah, the spontaneous ones, the ones that are just to do with done timing and unfoldment of where you need to be at a certain point in yes. your unfoldment, in yes. that linear part of the journey um, I find those ones really interesting mm. you know because yeah. that, that's what showed me when I had those that's what showed me that I as George was not running the show that's right yeah, but there's yeah. another part of me yeah. that made that decision to incarnate yeah and have that have that experience and in that moment of my journey on earth I needed to shift which then brings me into which timeline so my calibrating out of one timeline and then calibrating into another which is what that felt to me yeah yeah you know yeah and um and i say to people like when you have a really good deja vu moment or a really nice you know sort of like a harmonious moment it's like i say uh, and especially when it comes to numbers if people are really doing the number thing i'm going you are in the groove in the matrix mm. that that's that awareness in the moment you know yeah. when it comes to numbers because natural life exists beyond numbers but when yeah. you're in the numbers reality then you're you're more of that you know geometrical template all that sort of stuff yes you know what I yeah mean? absolutely i do yeah. yeah 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 so so between now and 2032 we're in a period of deep healing and clearing and yeah. uh, for those of us who are alive on the planet at the moment who are going to take this fork in the road and continue on uh, living here as homo luminous um, it's a time to shore up our foundation of being mm -hmm. so in other words go back through our histories clear mm -hmm. not only our personal uh, traumas and pathologies but mm -hmm. our genetic ones as well mm -hmm. right? so that we have this solid foundation with which to jump off, make this big leap into Homo Luminous. Mm. Um, and, uh, and also the next 10 years or so will be a time where other people will bookend their earthly experience and leave the planet one way or another and reincarnate somewhere else to continue their journey at a different frequency. Yeah, the earthly, I agree with that. That's frequency. how I've, I've experienced yeah. it too. Yeah. yeah. So we're really we're going through this bookending of mm. okay, this chapter is the Homo sapiens chapter. Mm. You know, it started mm. there, it's finishing here, mm. um, and uh, I'm getting goosebumps as I say. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> great energy. I love it. Yeah, good idea. Um, so, 
um, yeah, so it's you know for many people it's uh, it's going to be a very challenging time, and yeah. and it's what it's doing from my perspective is it's really calling us to think and be multi-dimensional because mm. if you if you maintain a three-dimensional earthly perspective on mm. this it's going to look and feel horrible mm. you know mm. and it's only by expanding ourselves and understanding from a soul level and, and higher what's going on here that everything is going to feel good mm. if that makes sense mm. yeah so it really is calling us to expand ourselves yeah, the old ways are just deconstructing, aren't they? Yes. And I've found that the more I try to hold on to something that is being outdated, then the more pain I'm creating in my life. That's right. And really yeah. why am I holding on? It's because I feel frightened and insecure. Yeah. And, and I'm not in place of trust, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and that causes that pain in my life, which then forces me to, catalyzes me to force me to let go. Yeah. And to move on. It's really interesting. And that's, yeah. you know... It's part of evolution as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. There's a beautiful video, and uh, you'll find it on YouTube or somewhere, um, and a lot of people have reproduced this, but it's, it's a metal plate that, that mm-hmm. someone had, and they sprinkle rock salt on it. Oh, yeah. And they run frequencies Frequency through, through it, the yeah. plate, you know? Yeah. And you can see that a certain frequency will create a certain pattern sure. of a particular complexity. And as mm. the frequencies increased the pattern breaks down and goes into chaos mm-hmm. and then reforms in a more complex way mm-hmm. and that's exactly what's happening to us mm-hmm. as the frequency is changing on mm-hmm. our planet is mm-hmm. where you know these older structures they can't cope anymore you know they just can't maintain their mm-hmm. integrity and they're they're inevitably falling apart uh, and we just need to understand that they'll fall back together again in more complex ways you know yeah. if, if that's the path that, that our particular soul is on at this time what did we say yeah. before it's all coming together because it's all falling That's apart. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So the the emerging uh, paradigm, the emerging frequency of consciousness right now is, it's the same frequency that flared up in the late nineteen sixties. You know. Oh yeah. With, with the, the flower power yeah. revolution and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I was and at born that, around that time. Yeah. Yeah. No, for me. Yeah. Sixty-two for me. Oh, there you um, go. And you so, look well, mate. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Good on you. So, um, yeah. so at that time, the dominant frequency, which was yeah. the scientific industrial mindset, was still too strong for that to, you know, mm. to continue to grow on the planet. Mm. And so it, it flared, didn't go away. Mm. Um, it stayed bubbling away in the background there mm. and has continued to grow over time. And now it's flaring up again mm. uh, in this big pushback, you know, to the, to the old paradigm that we're mm. seeing. Uh, and this time there's enough uh, ambient higher frequency to sustain it. So this mm. is going to become uh, relatively dominant between now and 2032, this mm. humanitarian, network-centric uh, type of mm. way of being human. Mm. Um, but it's still within the Homo sapiens chapter, okay? So it's not the big shift. It's mm-hmm. just a precursor. Mm-hmm. and. It's as we as you. That's would, up until towards the early thirties. That's yeah? right. Yeah, yeah. That's how I see it yeah. too. Yeah, and and it's uh, it's a communally oriented way of yeah. being human. Yeah. And it re- is really focused on healing. Mm. Really focused on healing, and it's about shoring up this foundation mm. um, and completing things. Yeah. And it's you're completing things for some folks who mm. are going to say, okay, bookend there. Mm. I can leave the planet now, and I'll go and reincarnate on another mm. Earth-like planet. Mm. Um, to do whatever I need to do 
and for other other folks who can also say, okay, that's the book in there. I'm transforming into homoluminous, and I'm, mm. I'm staying here. You know, it's really interesting with your timing time yeah. frame um, is because of what I talk about the lead up to that time frame. Yeah. So between now and then, so another decade ahead. Yeah. Is uh, we're currently working through as a species our relationship with technology. Yes. And I mean yeah. universally speaking. Yeah. Yep. Especially with all the quantum computing coming in, yes. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And remember that is all being brought in to a reality which is a universal fractal. Yeah. And imposed onto a humanity which us ourselves, our vessels, our bodies, are universal fractals. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And and that has the ability to impact the entire universe. Yes. So they're trying to wag the dog by taking control of us by subjugating there's an old term called wag the dog um there's a movie called wag the dog and you're seeing it play out in our political arenas now it's the same old process but anyway take that principle of the 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 end of the tail wagging the tail and then wagging the whole dog shaking the whole dog right tip of the tail so uh that is impacting us so greatly now and we are in one of the layers of harvest right now and that is the assimilation into the technological singularity so the human race is currently being harvested being assimilated and harvested into the technological singularity to then be removed from this and the um the amount of replication the data mining that's going on, not just of us as a species, but the entire reality. I mean, they've been spraying smart dust out of those planes for a long time. The whole chemtrail thing was a bit of a side distraction. Mm. Uh, the true nature of what they've been doing is smart dust. And they are replicating the reality. And, and you know, the whole metaverse that they're trying to create right now is to assimilate human conscious awareness into a reality where people aren't going to be able to tell the difference between the artificial reality, the hologram in the holodeck, if you're a Trekkie head, right, and the actual true nature of life. There is a way you can tell, of course, uh, you know, because of my journeys, I've been on board different craft and been to different, you know, planetary systems and what have you. Yep. And it, it really is, each. it's all different frequencies, right? Mm, yeah. And um, what you always go straight into, whether you go on board a craft or you go onto another world or meet another species, for example, you always go straight into the prime creation of those realities. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. And the moment you hit the prime creative force, some people call it source, yeah. energy right the moment you go straight into that then you'll know everything that it resides within that ecosystem yeah that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. always go deep as you can yeah yeah never yeah. go to the tops not a hierarchical thing you always go in into the into the heart of the matter yeah that makes sense yeah 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 totally yeah and yeah. so the second harvest which is coming towards the end of this decade and into the early next decade, mm. is our relationship is going to shift from our relationship with technology and, and extraterrestrial interdimensional groups that are involved with these technologies. Um, we're going to have another shift and it's going to go into our relationship with the gods. Mm-hmm. And so we as a species have to actually mature beyond you know, needing those crutches and those, um, you know, those, well, addictive behaviours of victim mentality and subservience and all those things for us to become actually a self-sufficient, sovereign, liberated, you know, free functioning, harmoniously functioning with, you know, with the natural 
way of life and the natural way of love. So in order for us to do that, we've got to come out from underneath the umbrella of the gods and yeah. we're working our way through that. And then when that happens early next decade, then that's the big shift that's going to take place. So, absolutely, yeah. yeah I, next I 10 years, know. hang on for the ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I often sort of think of Earth as like being a womb, you know, yeah. and we're still in the womb and haven't actually been born yet. Yeah. And, and with this transformation, we, we're born as citizens of the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It might be interesting just to talk about some of the characteristics that Graves found in his research of, oh, please, of this yeah. transformation into what he called second-tier consciousness. Okay. So yeah. he, he realized that when he looked at the nature of each of these different stages, as he called them, I call them layers of consciousness, um, you know, each one had a particular framework for making sense of reality, mm. you know, a particular mm. worldview, a particular set of values, in mm. other words, preferences, you know, dislikes, mm. which led to different behaviors. And what he noticed was with the first six stages mm. which go from um, like and I'll talk about this from a from a species point of view hunter-gatherer mm. to traditional tribal living which is w what really brings the cultural explosion yeah. um, to warlike you know where the tribes start to instead of being static they people start to move around and, mm. and battle over territories and those sorts of things to uh, authoritarian agricultural which came with the, mm. the agricultural mm. revolution um, and then to the scientific industrial, mm -hmm. uh, and then this emergent one at the moment, which mm. he called relativistic, um, because um, instead of taking a sort of scientific industrial view of the world where you have a, a fixed point of perspective and you're always observing things, mm. it, this emerging worldview allows us to shift ourselves around mm. and like mm. I can put myself in George's shoes mm -hmm. genuinely and mm -hmm. feel what the world feels like to do. Yeah. yeah? That's that the true unified field that Einstein discovered, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's you know it's it's not got to the point where we can really grok that with our consciousness. Mm. You know that word grok? You grok. No. I'm not aware of that it's, word. Uh, I just forget the origin of it now. Somebody wrote it in a book and, and made mm. it up, but it mm. means it means the lived experience of something. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Like not just understanding it intellectually, but mm. grokking it means mm. that you, you yeah. get the lived experience. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a good word. Powerful word. Yeah. Um, so so this emergent uh, paradigm at the moment, which is basically it's the 60s, and a lot mm. of people are saying this is the second 60s, right? Mm. Um, it does feel like it. Yeah, it's the end of, the, of mm. what Graves called the first tier. Mm. So it's still in this 3D reality, mm. and it's with the transition beyond that, which, which the tipping point comes in 2032, that we go into what Graves called the second tier, which is the true mm. multidimensional mm. Uh, consciousness that, that comes. Um, mm. And so um, Graves recognised that the degree of change between 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 was relatively the same you know like mm. there was big change big mm. you know worldview change behavioral change but it was consistent mm. but when he looked at the people who were transitioning from six into seven so the stepping into this what he called the second tier it wasn't the same it was like a quantum leap in capacity mm. and he said he wrote that people who were operating from this seventh layer or stage they had more coping capacity than all of the first six stages combined mm. in, in other words more available psychological space for problem solving is another way of thinking about that mm. and it, w it was just phenomenal 
And so he recognized that you know, this is a different category of human being. It's not the same. Mm. And he coined this term second tier of consciousness. Wow. And then some of those people, a very small percentage of people who, mm. who we found who were at this seventh stage or layer, mm. over the nine years of his study, some of those people changed. Mm. And at that point, there was no theory of psychology which had more than seven steps you know, of development in it. So that kind of troubled him for a little while. He thought he'd made a mistake, maybe. Um, and so he started looking back at the previous stages he documented, and he thought, you know, you know, these people, maybe I'm misreading it, and they're actually going backwards or something. And what he discovered then was a very interesting repeating pattern. So he discovered that the sort of survivalist theme of the first stage reappeared in seven but whereas in the first tier it was my survival mm -hmm. locally mm -hmm. here it's survival of the species yeah right? right yeah does that make sense absolutely i've been experiencing that for a long time yeah it's like my concern for humanity yeah and and, and you know and this is what this tattoo is all about. This is my commitment to Mother Earth and the Sun yeah. and me incarnating yeah. and living my life purpose, my fundamental purpose. Yeah. That's my commitment to that. Yep. Yeah? Yeah. And um, for me, it's like super important. Mm. I live my life according to that relationship, the relationship I have with Mother Earth yeah. and the relationship I have with the collective soul essence of humanity yeah. as a single organism. Yeah. Yeah? yeah, and so the soul of humanity and the soul of Earth for me are just like paramount relationships, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's beautiful. Mm. Um, so what I might talk about now is just the characteristics mm. that, of, that we see change in. You know, mm. what, what changes when we go from first tier into second tier? Mm. And um, there are just a couple of key ones. And the first mm. one is that there's a massive reduction in fear. You know? oh, yep. And it, yeah, I, I agree with that. Not that we can't feel fear anymore, but it's no longer a driver of behaviour. Can, right? can, can I f share George's version of that? Yeah, if yeah, I, yeah. If I Georgeism yeah. it? Yeah, totally. Yeah, so I say to people, the second greatest fear in existence that we live with is the fear of fear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I get that. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. When you get past the fear of fear itself, Every time you get a challenge that comes up in your in your life, you actually go, "Oh goody!" Yeah. Because I'm going to cultivate wisdom from this. Yeah. I'm going to become empowered, mm -hmm. and when I alchemize this experience, it's not going to return. Exactly. On to yeah. the next one. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. yeah. I'm not I'm not broadcasting that marketing campaign saying I need reality to rearrange itself to bring me this experience, and that's where magnetism comes in. Yeah. So you got necessity, mm. which is the calling of the soul to call in an experience and then you embody that energy and you broadcast it that's the magnetism right and that draws in the necessary experiential reality yeah yeah that the magnetism sense. draws in the experiential reality that makes sense to me yeah but the magnetism births from necessity yeah so yeah. necessity creates a magnetism the magnetism draws in the experiential reality yeah that makes sense to me absolutely yeah. So these characteristics that, that Graves described, they're, they're useful in two different ways. One of them is to recognize them within yourself, you know, yeah. as you're approaching and going through this transformation yeah. and coming out the other side, but also as identifiers mm. to spot other beings, you know, who have been through this transformation as well. Mm. Um, 
absence of fear, you know. And like I said, it's not that yeah. you can't feel fear. No. It's just that you feel it and it doesn't control you yeah. anymore. Yeah. 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 So that's a big one. Yeah. Um, the second big shift is that in the first tier of consciousness, as people grow through these different worldviews, they have a rejection factor mm. for anything that's not what they're centered in so mm. if they're in the scientific industrial mindset they'll reject the agricultural yeah. era mindset yeah. and they'll yeah. reject the emerging you know hippie paradigm yeah. as, as they would see it yeah mm-hmm. uh, and so this rejection factor disappears mm-hmm. and there emerges an inherent capacity to read the frequencies of all of these different layers yeah mm. so when you're in the first tier it's like a different frequency is oh get away from me i don't like that person <laughs> they're not nice um, whereas once you get into the second tier, it's just, it's just oh, okay, a different frequency. Mm. I read it, you mm. know. Mm. And not only that, but there's like a shape-shifting capacity to mm. meet that frequency where it is. Mm. And so you can interact with people from all of these different worldviews and meet them where they're at. Mm. Um, and, and that's very significant, very significant. Mm. Uh, so with the dropping away of the rejection factor, you also get the dropping away of uh, conflict you know, a tendency to violence. Because you haven't got those walls up, right? The walls you've got to defend those walls, that you defend can, that castle. You can walk through those walls <laughs> yeah. now. That's, yeah. that's the thing, you mm. know, and you can adjust your own frequency mm. to fit with whatever you need. I feel like I've become a lot more malleable. Yeah. I'm not as rigid as I used to be. Yeah. I still have my moments, yeah. right? Just being honest and yeah. real. Like, yeah. hey, you know, but I feel like I've reduced my rigidity by, I'm going to say, as much as 70% at least yeah yeah that's great going back if i look back how what was i like 10 years ago and and you can look back what i was like 10 years ago i mean Mm. you know i've got there's videos online as early as 2004 yeah when i put my hand up as an ambassador for the galactic federation of light yeah and i was indoctrinated into that system of governance on on a galactic level which is playing its card right now and i've been warning everyone about but you know i call it the cosmic candy and that's what's that's what's coming now but that's another subject yeah divert from what you're saying you you raised a good point though and that is that um graves realized that this is a dynamic situation so it's not like we move into another stage and we're locked Mm. in there Mm. we're still dependent on the interaction with life conditions exactly so while the background frequency Mm. can shift in a moment Mm. we can still need to adjust Mm. ourselves adjust Mm. our own frequency and we will and that's Mm. uh, not necessarily a conscious process you know for people in first tier so um, you know before they've transitioned into this multi-dimensionality um, they're totally unconscious of their shifting, but they mm. they will shift around different frequencies according mm. to the need, you know, whatever the environment demands. And the, I guess the an extreme example would be, um, you know, if you're operating from a relatively um, high and refined frequency, and mm. then a bomb goes off outside the building, straight mm. away you're going to go down to a survival frequency mm. and simplify everything to make sure that you survive. You know, um, so. This model, when it was first published, and, and uh, I should mention that the researcher, uh, Dr. Claire W. Graves, he, he passed away in 1986, and uh, at that point he hadn't actually published his work. Uh, and so some people who were working with him went on to publish a book called Spiral Dynamics. And that name reflects the spiraling patterns right, in this yeah. process and the fact that it's dynamic. And mm-hmm. it's like you can mm-hmm. you can work your way up the spiral, mm-hmm. grow to there, but then in mm-hmm. an instant you can go back down again, exactly. right? Mm-hmm. Depending on your life conditions. 
Mm. So, so we will, you know, as we're going through this process, we will find ourselves doing exactly what you explained. Yeah. Is most of the time we'll be all good and cool, and then all of a sudden we'll find ourselves, shit, I'm back here again. You know, what is there that I haven't dealt with at this Correct. point? Correct. Right? I was, was going to say that. Yeah, 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 totally. And that's yeah. happening to us all. Yeah, because everything's coming mean. up for us to see that we need to address, aren't yeah. we? Isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. And it's the old, you know, three steps forward, two steps back. Yeah. Five steps forward. Yeah. One step back. Whatever. Yeah. All of that. All of that, all of that. But overall, yeah. we're moving forward in yeah. evolution. Yeah. I'm when I go backwards now, I'm, I'm like, okay, so I've got my two golden questions. Why did I choose to create this? Yeah. And that that word choose. Yes. Is very very important that you always say that. And what have I got to learn from it? Yeah, absolutely. So you always ask those two questions with any challenge you faced. Yeah. And you're sweet because you're owning it. Yeah. Why did I choose to create this? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So we've got, just, yeah. just going on with yeah. this discussion, I've got the dropping away of fear as a motivator, mm-hmm. the absence of rejection mm-hmm. of different worldviews, mm. you know, in other words, different frequencies in people, mm. um, the capacity to work with paradox. Now, now you really got my attention. Mate, can you please not bite me? That's a big ass lie, that one. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, because yeah, so. I, I see life as a delicious paradox. Yeah. You know, and being able to dance in that space and in that music of paradox, oh, man, that is just, yeah, I'm finding since I've been able to identify it and move through that realm, the way I deal with duality and karma and all these sorts of things is totally transformed for me. Yeah, yeah. And, and for those who might have trouble understanding what that means you know day to day really what it means is moving beyond the rational mind Mm. and instead of logically looking at something and thinking okay I want to go that way so if it's not working then I need to push harder in that direction you know and that's the logic that's the old that's the logic mind Um, but the paradox is well maybe I need to actually pull back in a different direction Mm. you know the opposite direction Mm -hmm. and let something open up for me um, mm-hmm. And I, when I was teaching this in, in uh, Melbourne, you know, I, I had one of those little straw finger traps. And I, I, this is probably aging me a bit, you know, these things that you used to get at, at fairs and those sorts of things. And they're a little woven straw thing. And, <clears throat> and you put your finger in one end and get someone else to help put their finger in the other end. And when you try to pull them apart, the, the thing actually traps your finger, you know. Oh, right. And the only way you can get out of it is actually push it, push together uh, to get out of it, so right. it's it's a paradox. It's a little example of the paradox. Yeah. Is is learning to work with that, mm. work with duality, and mm. understand the nature of duality, mm. and realise that okay, you know, if you want to be yin, sometimes you've got to go in the direction of being more yang, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Drawing on the the Taoist, the Taoist uh, cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that's another characteristic mm. that you'll find, mm. uh, and then. The other really significant thing is just this opening up of interdimensional awareness. Because mm, that, that, par- that going into the paradox is like the opening to multidimensional awareness, isn't it? Yes. Because yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're sort of like transcending the dialectic yeah. by embracing the entirety of it, yeah. which is now you're dancing in that delicious paradox of everything. That's right. In a universe of contrasting expressions. Yeah. And, and you embrace it now, you can actually transcend it. Yeah. And now you open up to that multidimensional awareness. Yeah, exactly. That, do, Graves, 
Clear, Clear W. Graves, yeah. Absolutely. Wow, he's on it. Absolutely. Like, seriously, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. Right, right in there. Like, like I said, he's, I reckon he, he's wow. been the Einstein of, Einstein of psychology and just wow. not recognised because he never published, you know, and in the academic world, unless you publish, you don't exist, you know. Mate, he's but, right um, in there. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely. I'm definitely going to look more into him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you know, still very few people know his work, mm. uh, but I'm, I'm doing my best to get it out there. Yeah, well, a few more now. Yeah, yeah. He's one. Yeah. <laughs> one yeah. extra. And uh, so, yeah, just to just to um, sort of uh, address what you just said, when mm. you... I, I'm a I'm a Taoist, mm. uh, and most people would be familiar with the, what they call the Tai Chi symbol, or the Tai Chi mm. 2, it's called, which is the yin and yang mm. in the swirl, mm. you know, and each one has the seed of the other in it. Mm. And... Um, you know, from a, from a sort of rational-minded first-tier perspective, when you look at that, you'll see two energies, yin mm. and yang. Mm. But there's actually a third thing in there, and that is the circle mm. that contains mm. the yin and yang. Mm. You know, and that's that's what draws out mm. the the multidimensionality is understanding that okay, there's there's something beyond that, the container. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. yeah. And and so as part of this transition into second-tier consciousness, what's happening to us from a in terms of our energetic structure is that our energetic structure is being enhanced uh, and if uh, people are familiar with energy work and the, and the wisdom traditions and how they teach you know the, the chakras and the, the nadis or the meridians in Chinese medicine and those sorts of things we, we have this understanding of first tier human energetic structure mm. and what we're what we're transforming into is uh, a much more complex energetic structure which is not replacing but it's being added to what's already there so all of these things that that have been part of our energetic structure in the first tier they remain and we get a multi-dimensional tetrahedral structure laid over the top of that and uh, there's a a Japanese American uh, teacher called Dr. Mikio Sankey who has documented the emergence of this new energetic, energetic structure really well um, in a, a discipline that he calls esoteric acupuncture. Okay. And he's written seven books on this now. Um, and, uh, yeah, it has done a really good job. And really, you know, he's the only person I've been able to find on the planet so far who's mm. started to put some down-to-earth detail mm. around mm. this shift from an energetic perspective. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, oh, and um, interesting. one of my colleagues and, and close friends, Dr. Stephen Booth, uh, who's an old Kung Fu buddy of mine yeah. and, and a fellow Taoist and a, a doctor of Chinese medicine in Melbourne, he, mm. he's trained with Mikio Sankey and uh, he's the, the one who introduced me to, to Mikio's work and, um, and, and Steve Booth and I have, have been working with that uh, for a couple of years now mm. and, um, and it's... It can be so you can um, assist someone to develop, you know, to bed down these new energetic structures through mm. acupuncture mm. or acupressure, just do a straight energy work that's working with the, the particular patterns in the body. Mm. And um, there are small patterns which are like starter motors. So mm. someone needs to be developmentally, developmentally like they need to be in the right space yep. and open to activation. Mm. Um, but you can run one of these small activating patterns on somebody and have a, a momentary at least activation of some of the light body geometry mm. in, in someone. And maybe I should give you an experience of that. Uh, I mean, you, you know, it, and it's, it's uh, wherever you're at, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help you just 
force light up a little bit further. So, um, because of the nature of my work and and the um, you know what I'm actually sharing and teaching uh, to do with the old what we call the templates of you know chakras and mm. and those sorts of things, pineal yep. gland, it's another one. Yeah. Um, in my world, in the world of Georgisms. Um, we are transcending the chakras because we see them as That's right. part of an old structure. Yep. So we're not leaving them there and adding. We're literally... So I don't have those chakras active. Now, people who have that belief system will do a visual imprint upon me. Uh, but, you know, you could put me on a table and hang a pendulum over me. You can put me on a machine, whatever, and they're not there. Yeah. Their pendulum, you know, people who have done my courses, they go back to their new age healers and they look at them and freak out, thinking they're going to die because they, they can't see their chakras, etc., etc. And, um, you know, put them on their tables, pendulums don't spin, they're like, what the fuck? They don't know what to do because it's beyond their belief system, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and for me, it's part of our evolution is to move beyond being pulled apart, held in a compartmentalized, fragmented state because we're coming back to that unified field, that unity. Yeah. Um, and so um, what I want to do is try and work out how, with what you're explaining and working with, where, we, where we're meeting in, yeah. the, in, in the middle there. Yeah, look, what you're saying makes sense to me uh, because our, our first-tier energetic mm. structure is dominated by these mm. chakras, you know, the chakra mm. system. But in second tier, it's no longer dominated by that. Right? Right. It becomes extremely dynamic. Yeah. Uh, and... Um, I haven't, uh, I haven't got the book with me. I've got it back mm. actually here, uh, so mm. I can show it to you later. Mm. But it, that would, you can look at one of these uh, tetrahedral patterns laid over the body mm. that Mikio has documented, and mm. get a sense of the complexity of it, mm. and understand that these are not just tetrahedral energetic structures, but they also spin at the same mm. time. So it's yep. completely dynamic, yep. and our whole energetic being is completely transformed. So yeah, that, that fits yeah. with what you're saying. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. we're, we're no longer dominated by these mm -hmm. chakras anymore. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's all being completely transformed. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And it's, it, it's not, I, I guess when I say that it's, it's being added over the top of, you know, it's not that we have to throw out the old, but mm -hmm. the old is being transformed into something new. It is, yeah. yeah. Well, the yeah. process that I use, we, we don't discard them or, you know, anything yeah. like that. Yeah. It's all love, honour and respect, and we actually yeah. integrate them. Yes, that's that's exactly You know, they're, right. they're ours. Yeah. And, and the amount of knowledge and wisdom that they have seen and contain is, you know, it's, in, it's immeasurable, you know. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah. important to honour them. Yeah, absolutely. And this seems mm. to be... Uh, part of the fractal pattern, you mm. know, of, of the reality that, that we exist in, is that mm. um, we have, you know, this this core, and then we mm. transform it by laying stuff over the top of it. You know, it becomes transformed into something. Have you here. have you come across anyone who who does this sort of work and is not looking at it through the eyes of geometry? Um, look, yeah, I think there are plenty of people out there. Mm. Uh, I. I find that um, when there is an absence of, of that structural aspect, it mm. becomes very fluffy and hard to grasp. It can do. You know? It really can do, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so that's what I'm, I guess, what I'm attracted to 
is stuff that doesn't lose the grounding, mm. you know, and it doesn't lose that I sense. I see you of, as a bridge. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. The and work that you're doing is like a real serious bridging yeah, effect. Exactly, yeah. and that, that's why I'm here is to work mm. on that bridge and, and help mm. people build the bridge within themselves and mm. find themselves in the new new reality. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, because so the, the work that I do is also we're moving beyond numbers and geometry. Yeah. Coming back to the natural way of life and the natural way of love. Yeah. Um, and it can sound fluffy, and um, it's far from that. No, I get but what you mean. But it's right? really difficult to speak to yeah. some folks. You know, in yeah. my journey, I've you know been able to travel the world and talk to a lot of different people, and um, there are some folks who when they put on those glasses of numbers and geometry, um, then all of a sudden we are in that space of seeing the world. It's like um, people say to me, oh, this whole reality is just a computer simulation. I'm like, well, why are you saying that? You know, where, where did that notion come from? Oh, it's because, you know, you get it down to the particles and the, you know, and the hologram and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, did you know, were you aware that that is exactly the viewpoint of technological intelligence? You know, and, and, and the t- what I call, I call the TI God, the technological intelligence God, that, yeah. that's its view of this world, you know. And, and what I'm finding is people who just see it as a hologram and, a, um, you know, and, and see it as a computer simulation, for example, their conscious awareness is actually immersed in the technological intelligence perspective. Yeah. And that is all they're seeing. So I can see the hologram perspective. I can live it. I can experience it. Yeah. But I'm also experiencing beyond that. Yeah. I'm experiencing the deeper essence because yeah. I, I see the whole tel- 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 technical intelligence hologram expression of reality is superimposed over the natural. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and, so there's like layers. Yeah. Reality is layered. Totally, totally. And yeah. going back to Graves' work, if you imagine that the the stages and or layers of consciousness that yeah. he identified, each one is like a window that you look through at reality. Yeah. Right? yeah. And whichever window you're looking through, it's coloured in a particular way, and it, yeah. it'll draw your attention to certain things. You won't be able to see other things. You know. Mm. And this is how we are as humans. And as we grow up the the layers, our capacity to see and sense and experience things is expanding all the time so i'm experiencing four distinct layers yeah distinct like there's lots of you know overlapping and things in between just four distinct yeah 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 and the four distinct layers are you've got the one i just spoke about the technological intelligence yeah and for me that's the most shallow yeah because that's the one that's imposing itself here in our world now Mm -hmm. okay yeah the whole concept of a computer simulation or simulated reality holograms and all that yeah yeah then you go the layer deeper, then you get into what's called sacred geometry. Yeah. You're still in the numbers and, and, and mathematics and ge- ge- geometry, geometrical yeah. structures, yeah? yeah. Uh, but that is the hologram of the gods. Mm. So that was laid here before the, te- the technological intelligence came in. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. And then when you move beyond numbers and geometry, you get to the source, what they call, what I call the prime creative yeah. expression yeah. of reality. Yeah. And it's, that's a tapestry that ebbs and flows. There's no structure as, you, as we traditionally know it. Yeah. Because everything is just ebbing and flowing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you've letting go of the rigidity of containers of containment, yeah. which are geometry. Yeah. You get to that. Now, the fourth one is really 
really interesting. Yep. Because the fourth one is the culmination of those three in the subconscious creating a blended experience which is now yeah. impacting the ego and as we walk and we unconsciously experience those three layers we're creating a new dimension mm. Mm. as the paramount species the main theme yeah. of the whole reason why this reality was created in the first place and it's not an egocentric no. model it is actually understanding why Earth was created to begin with. Yeah, 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 yeah. As a fractal planetary reality to actually create an ecosystem for an incarnational fractal vessel to actually inhabit, yeah. to exist here, so then we can come from anywhere and have an incarnational experience. That's beautiful, George. That really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. So what you've just described is layer five, six, seven, and eight in Graves' model. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, brother. So, so layer five wow. is the scientific, indus scientific industrial, yeah. materialistic, science-minded. Yeah. Yeah. You know, doesn't even consider that other dimensions can exist necessarily, except for those scientists that are, you know, right. working it out mathematically. Right. Okay. And then layer six yeah. is the the end, the bookend of mm. Homo sapiens, right? Mm. And layer six reflects. The, the template of consciousness which was seeded on this planet by the Pleiadians. Mm. Okay? And as best as I can understand it, mm. the Homo sapiens era for mm. layers one through six is really a Pleiadian uh, project. Mm. Yeah? Mm. Uh, and well, they built most of this ecosystem. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. And then going beyond that is into second tier consciousness which mm. is what you said where you know everything just flows and that's mm. one of the things that graves wrote about the mm. people who were living from this place were mm. were really focused on natural flow of yeah. things yeah 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 and uh, i haven't mentioned this yet but each one of these layers in the first tier they're dominated alternatively by left and right brain so mm. uh, layer one hunter gatherer is left brain Layer two, tribal, is right brain, mm. okay? And left brain being individually oriented, mm. right brain, brain being communal, mm. yeah? So yeah. as we go through the first tier, humanity has been, uh, it's all about me, now it's all about us. It's all about me, now it's all about us. With the, the scientific industrial era, layer five has been all about me, me, me. Now we're going into this final episode of, of first tier, which is the communal again, okay? And then as we transfer into second tier, we get left-right brain integration. Everything comes together, right? Yeah. So we bring the dialectics together yeah. into the unity and we transcend the old paradigm. Yeah. And we still have, you know, in the second tier of consciousness, there is still this um, mm -hmm. attention that does alternate between individual and communal but it's in a very different way and it has none of the rejection of the other that mm. we see in the mm. first tier yeah and so um layer seven the first step into the second tier is very much about me understanding this landscape and mm. sensing the flows and moving with the flows and then Graves only had six out of 1,065 people who we mapped in, in eight, so he didn't get much information about that, but enough to know that it's a communal focus of looking at uh, us as one tribe on mm. our planet Gaia, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then... One humanity. Um, 
then I, I can talk a little bit further about what's after that, but this is not from Graves' research because he only just tipped his, you know, dipped his toe into eight and that was it. And he actually wrote, he didn't have enough data on eight to really write about it much from mm. a scientific mm. perspective. Um, but and it was uh, probably back then it wasn't quite emerging as it's emerged now. No, that's right. He was probably at the tip of it. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. If he was around now, he'd have so much data available to him. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. He'd be off in 9, 10, 11, 12, he, somewhere he there. Be. Yeah, yeah. So, so as, best I can, mm. as, as best I can piece together based on, on other sources, yeah. um, 9 is, again, tipped towards the individual orientation because it's about the, the complete activation of the mm. light body structure. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. So we, we start to get light body illumination as we go into seven mm. but it's really not complete to the level of what we might call christ consciousness mm -hmm. until we've bedded down nine and mm. we've got a triangulation between those seventh eighth and ninth uh systems Cause the, uh, the way that i'm perceiving the energy tracking the energy of what you're talking about you know you, you can't have that nine without taking ownership absolutely and self-responsibility which That's is right. what sovereignty is all about that's right yeah, you know? sovereignty and, at a galactic level. Yeah. yeah, and then owning, like, we are the prime creator of all our experiences. Yeah. You know, and yeah. we want to play the blame game, so we're on that merry-go-round of misery. I call it the merry-go-round of pain and blame. Yeah. So you're always pointing the finger, you know, and you've got the three pointing back at you, of course. Yeah. And you're always pointing that finger, and it's like, well, when are we actually going to take ownership? Yeah. When's that day going to come? Yeah. Because nothing's, you know, you sit back, and you're just going around that merry-go-round, Point the finger all the time. Nothing's ever going to change. So it's just going to keep going in the direction it goes in until we step off that merry-go-round. Yeah. And to step off it, you got to take ownership. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stewardship, custodianship. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. It's it's you know, just we, we you got to tend to your garden. We become the god of our own universe, so to speak. You know. Yeah. Well, we're prime creators. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I tend to stay away from the whole god word. The yeah, three sure, letters yeah, in that yeah. sequence. Yeah. That's to do with the priestly caste and their deity. Yeah, yeah. I so I use descriptive titles, so yeah. prime creator. Yeah. So when we are the prime creators of our own experience and then we enter into co-creation with everyone else. Yeah. So when a lot of people who are in like the God models tend to, um, you know, uh, come at me with, oh, that's so egocentric, that's, you know, Satan's work and all this sort of stuff. And yeah. I'm like, well... You've heard one snippet out of what I want to share with you, and you jumped on me already. Yeah. I'm not saying you're doing that. No, no, I Because you and I have already had this conversation. I, I understand that. And yeah. I say to them, well, you know, you become the prime creator of your own experiences. You take ownership, you take responsibility and natural authority, natural responsibility, natural authority, mm. tending to your garden. And then what you do is you work in harmony, because now you're in conscious relationship with reality and everyone and everything now you're entering into harmonious co-creation yes and full respect of the prime creators of the realities that you occupy yeah so we fully acknowledge we're an intelligent design of a universe right yeah so we're working with the prime creator of the universe in conscious relationship working with the prime creators of whatever galactic system star system planetary system we are occupying so we are occupying these realities yes so we're inside those realities therefore on a very deep level we have entered into conscious relationship and soul level agreements of creation and co-creation yeah 
Yeah. Absolutely. When we come back to that, now we're in that beautiful flow and in that unified field of unconditional love and, and it's all harmonious and now everybody knows what needs doing. Yeah. And we're accessing all knowledge and all wisdom and all information and all life force. Beautifully said. <laughs> Thank you. Beautifully said. Yeah. And yep. it's 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 a it's a different way of, of you know, it's like we've got to move on from the whole God model yeah. and the whole that, that numbers and geometry shot. model once we because they're from the out that's the old era it is absolutely. and the older you know we call yeah. it the piscean age or whatever you want to call it yeah, right yeah, yeah yeah we're actually maturing on from those yes outdated modalities and outdated ideas you know and we don't need to be fodder for some sort of god that you worship mm. you know because they feed off that you know all the adulation and all the adoration and you know, all of these things, the worship, the devotion, we, we're such powerful entities. And when we pray and we devote ourselves to some entity, wow, it gets hit with the most massive amount of energy and they get addicted to it and then they want more and then they go around soliciting worship. So, you know, when we work with a natural prime creator of a reality, they don't behave that way. They don't behave like gods do. Gods solicit worship. Prime creators don't solicit worship. Prime creators are all working with you know, they're too busy just wanting to actually hold space and work with you in your creative process and co-creation. So everyone, they can have the learning experience and we can have the learning experience. You yeah, know? absolutely. That language and those structures, you know, the old religious structures really came out of uh, layer four in yeah, Graves' model, right. you know, which, which is the agricultural I'm era. so glad you can actually yeah. show us in that structure where it fits. Yeah, and these are the things that are, you know, like that the frequency on the with the salt and the plate before as yeah. the dial gets turned up they just can't maintain their it's integrity like people anymore. watch movies of Ramesses and you know and, and all these sorts of things and the yeah. way they treated people back then and all that sort of stuff and yeah. the almighty you know deities that they were walking this earth and getting all that energy like rock stars projected at them right yeah yeah and you just think wow people are still behaving that way today yeah it's just Absolutely. another version it's an amazing place, this planet, hey. I mean, it really is extraordinary uh, when you look at it. And, and I mean, just the fact that when Graves did his research, his field research back in the 1950s, yeah. he found this, um, this incredible spectrum of people, you know, mm. spread right, really right across the, mm. the... The only people he didn't find in his, in his field survey were um, the, the sort of hunter-gatherer layer one. But, and, mm. and he was smart enough, somehow, he was smart enough to know that he'd missed something at, the, at one end of the spectrum in his research and he 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 found out about a tribe in the Philippines called the Tassaday tribe who Oh, I haven't heard of them. Yeah, and and he yeah. they've actually got their own website these days, tassaday.com I think it is. Is that right? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, <laughs> wow. But uh, yeah, he actually made a point of looking at their you know their uh, social structure, their behaviors, their values and those sorts of things so he could kind of complete this model that he was putting together. Yeah, very interesting. But I mean, what an extraordinary place planet Earth is that all of these things can coexist, you know, at the same time. Right, there is no other planet that has the diversity of life that this planet has. Yeah, it's amazing. All compressed into one space-time location. Yeah. It just freaks everyone out. Everyone that I've met out there, and for people who, you know, what's George talking about? <laughs> yeah. Look, you know, can we just get past the bullshit and the lies that we're alone in the universe? That is just so stupid. Right, we've never not been alone. Earth has always been in contact with interdimensional and extraterrestrial life, and the idea that we're alone 
is a lie and it's a mind-controlled psyop operation. Yeah, it's just like, let's, let's just get past that, please, because yeah. it's just so stupid and nonsensical. And in the background, you've got the military-industrial complex and, and, you know, and, and secret societies that are in full contact. Always have been. Yeah. Never not, they never not been, right? And these are all the driving influences that are going on in our world at the moment and always have been, you know. And so we're just going to, we're moving beyond a lot of these driving influences coming from other dimensions and, and space-time realities. And we are. We are. We're really yeah. emerging as a really beautiful, sovereign, powerful race and without needing, uh, you know, custodianship anymore. Mm, you know, the problem is the custodians have become addicted to what we provide for them. Um, in the way of resource and energy, and uh, which is a resource. Um, so, yeah, that's the issue at the moment. That's what I mean by our relationship with the gods needs to be tended to after our relationship with technology. And Yeah. Yeah, and that's another form of harvest. So you've got technological harvest and the harvest of the gods. Yeah, and I, I always yeah. um, really bring it back to frequency, you know, and yeah. just like that that example of the metal plate with the salt on it and the frequency yeah. generator you know when the frequency is turned up to a certain point the old structures they don't survive they fall apart mm. you know and, that, and that's what we're going through at the moment is, is mm. a frequency increase and we're seeing all of this chaos happening as mm. as these old structures old ways of living old mindsets uh, old value systems they start to fall apart and and a lot of the people who are carrying those frequencies are, are desperate they're panicking because they're seeing their world dissolve you know well look you know the introduction to extraterrestrial life is is publicly coming very soon it's not far away yeah okay yeah. because of the, the way the the whole evolution and plans are just rolling out and playing out so yeah it's really interesting what's coming so people's world's views are going to be shattered there's going to be literally you know a psychotic meltdown for a lot of people that's going to happen yeah yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a bumpy ride in the next ten years. That's for sure. Mm. Uh, it really is. And uh, you, you know, there's there's good solid science out there. You can search for papers and find them on the internet mm. uh, that increased cosmic radiation is associated with um, psycho-emotional mm. disturbances. Mm. Yeah. So you, I, I agree with you. It, it's going to be a tricky time. And um, what we're seeing already is that. People are starting to gravitate to their own uh, other people who vibrate on the same frequency. Mm. So we're seeing this separation in the world, a polarization. We are, except it's multipolarization, right? And I see it as a good thing. Well, it is a good process. It is a process. Yeah, it's not an end end result. It's a process we're entering into. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's part of this, you know, species bifurcation Mm. that I spoke Mm. about. Is that has to happen? It has to. And and the fact that it's happening is also supporting the transition into second tier because Mm. it's making it more obvious to people that there are actually are different operating frequencies. Yeah. You know? So those people who are who are in transition, it helps them. They can go, wow, that's really different to that. Mm. You know, mm. supporting their transformational process. Mm. Yeah. And you get to choose what's your ecosystem going to be. Yeah. Like nobody yeah. has to go where I'm going. Just want to make that point absolutely clear. <laughs> I would like very much for everyone to go where I'm going. That'd be nice because yeah. I'm a social animal, right? <laughs> right. Totally. Just being honest. Yeah. I would really like that. But reality is, and if I exercise unconditional love, no, I don't want people to follow me. I want people to go where they need to go. It's like you need to honour your own soul journey. That's that's of utmost importance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And look, you know, with this introduction of the change of uh, ET coming into the picture officially, I mean, they're already doing it. I mean, all the Pentagon 
videos that are being released and yeah. sure there's going to be layers of it you know mm. how does the et introduction officially you know the rubber stamp version the state systems version which i wouldn't believe for a moment when that that one gets rolled out there's no. going to be there's going to be layers yeah. of this rolling out yeah um, i think there's a false flag to come there's first. a false flag coming yeah. there's you know the fear-based stuff coming first yeah then the cosmic candy you got to look out for that that one's coming in behind that's part of the utopian new world order that's coming behind this dystopian one that's been created now um and so where does the whole et card fit into graves's model where would where do you um, you know put that in the structure graves never wrote about that you know he was first and foremost a professor of psychology at, mm. a, at a university mm. uh, and he probably would have been kicked out if he started writing about that stuff yeah and back I, back in the day that's you know, what would so, have happened yeah. and, and that's in a way that's what i like about his work he's mm. like it's so grounded and down to earth mm. um but we can we can look at his work and his findings, and we can we can extrapolate. We can extrapolate on that, yeah. you know. And and really, um, it's complex, like all of these things. But uh, would, it, would it have to do with what kind of impact it will have on the consciousness, and then see where in his model that kind of his, impact on consciousness would occur? If we, if we look at, um, you know, how I. I touched on these repeating themes that he located, right? Yeah. In, in so the first step into the second tier yeah. resonated with the survivalist yeah. aspect of the yeah, and then the second step, which is layer eight, he figured, and this is what really twigged the relationship, mm. the resonant relationship, the fractal pattern, is that oh, they were most like the tribal people from layer two, but they were just completely mm. cosmic and mm. different, you know, mm. and so. If we look at what happened in the first tier of consciousness, um, we first of all we were roaming hunter gatherers. Secondly, we settled as tribes with a fixed tribal boundary. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and then the third step was breaking out of that tribal boundary into the outside world. So if we extrapolate that to planetary level, right? First of all, at layer seven, we've got to ensure our own survival on this planet and that we don't mess it up. Secondly, we've got to come together as a global tribe. And then thirdly, which equates to layer nine, we get to step outside our tribal boundaries. Mm, right? Oh, yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that it's really, fits. it's really, mm. I would expect not until we get a critical mass of people who have reached layer nine, mm. Uh, light body act, full light body activation mm. that we will see free travel to and from the planet mm. in a galactic sense. Yeah, because yeah. it enabled to do that, uh, and this is the beauty of the way these realities are being structured. Mm. Um, like if you go out in a spaceship right now, like a, if you build a, a spacecraft in a factory here on Earth, you know, and, and then you try fly it out there, well, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but on the physical level, you have particles like rocks, you know, size of my hand, even smaller, and they're hurtling through space at incredible speeds. Mm. And I mean faster than a speeding bullet. We're talking multiple times the speed of sound, right? Some are up to half times the speed of light, cosmic rays, like, it's hostile out there. And the reason it's hostile is in order for a a planetary um, population to transcend their boundary, they have to get to a point where you understand how to transcend the reality that you occupy altogether. Yeah. And you've got to be able to move with multidimensional awareness 
through dimensions of time and space. Because yeah. to go out there, you've got to have a, a craft which is out of phase of the physical reality. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be impacted <laughs> totally. yeah. physically. Yeah. So whenever you occupy certain dimensions, it's kind of like, um, to pull an old biblical quote out, a really good one, to be in the world but not of the world. Yes. Yeah? yeah. So when you go out into space, you're in what we call outer space, right? Um, however, you want to make sure that you don't go there and be totally immersed in just that frequency yeah. of, of you know how we experience life here because we're going to come across things out there which would just destroy in an instant. Yeah, I mean, okay. they'll just pierce a hole straight through the hull of a craft, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, in, in like, you know, and it'll happen like that and you won't even know it's happened. The next thing you do, you look down, there's a hole in you, you know? Yeah. So it's that's what it's like out there. Yeah. So all the craft that you see and you see them, you know, move around in this reality at great speeds and people are scratching their heads and how do they overcome inertia and gravity and all that? Well, it's because they're phasing out of our reality. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And and yeah. the, and and they create a field of energy around the craft, which is just their reality, and that's how you overcome inertia. Yeah, because that holds its integrity. Yeah, and then that moves in relationship, has a direct relationship to the reality around it. Mm-hmm. So now you've got multi-dimensional relationship going on. Yeah, between the reality of the beings that occupy the craft, and then the craft occupying that other reality. Yeah. Yeah, that all resonates with me, and yeah. and the process of uh, developing, you know, these uh, three higher layers in second tier, which which um, there is in the first tier of consciousness, there is actually some correlation between the chakra mm. numbers and the layer numbers in this mm. model. Okay, mm, mm. Um, and uh, when once so once we bed down layer seven, eight, and nine, and get to that point of uh, being able to fully activate our own light body, mm. then we have that capacity mm. to, to do what you just explained. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that's why, you know, the light body is sometimes called the Merkabah, and that's why it's called a vehicle, mm. you know, because mm. it allows us to actually transport our consciousness in that way. Mm. Yeah. I, I experience the Merkabah as a version yeah. of a light body, yeah. a version of a light body. Yeah. Um, it's not the experience I have as the universal light body. For me, it's because again, the Merkabah is based on geometry, right? Well, it is, yeah. And, it, and it, you know, when you think yeah. about this this sort of structure that I'm explaining of growing through mm. structures, that's of right. Course, Stepping a, stones. You know, most of the structures yeah. are beyond the Merkabah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's you true. Know, we're yeah. talking about baby steps here. Yeah, but again, yeah. you're speaking to people who can relate to what you're talking about. That's right. Because yeah. you and I have had this conversation yeah, privately yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I know where you're coming you know from what I'm talking about. deep down inside your heart. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But, yeah. you know, again, it's it's like when we're um, dealing with the evolutionary step we're at now, I'm feeling like for me personally, I've got to get really pedantic in a way yep. about making sure what I'm saying is like the clarity around it absolutely because yeah. like we're multi-dimensional beings mm. in our conscious awareness mm. um, and the way we express ourselves is multi-dimensional um, and I think if, if you if you don't clarify where you're coming from people are going to perceive you as uni, almost unidimensional if you know what I mean uh, I do and you know, you know this it comes back I guess to the to the windows you know I was talking about the windows mm. Uh, mm. windows of consciousness that mm. where and it you know, one good way to think about it is is, is the just think about the perception of color. You know, mm. and if 
when people are looking through a window, if they can only see one colour and you're talking, you know, multicoloured, mm. it just doesn't make any sense. Like, they don't even have a place to put exactly. it in their reference. Exactly. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's critical, particularly when you're communicating to people who are, who are still in this transition process mm. of moving mm. into second tier, it's critical that you choose your language very carefully because otherwise it's just like... You know, how do you talk about colour to someone that's never seen colour and their world's yeah. black and white? You know? Yeah, it's, yeah. It doesn't matter true. how much you talk to them, they're just going to go, what's that guy on about? <laughs> I guess I'm saying it from the perspective of, you know, I know the audience that you're speaking to. Yeah, I get that. And yeah. um, so, you, like, um, Steve speaks to a lot of, you know, more general audience where I have the luxury of speaking to a, a niche yes. market, yeah, target yeah. audience. Yeah. And in that space, we just go for it, right? That's great too. You know? I love it. So, but Steve is teaching me how to be better equipped to speak to a more generalised audience because I've spent too much time in a in a niche market, yeah. And and I need to be retrained basically how to speak more generally. Like I can do it to a degree, yeah. Um, I just struggle with it a little bit. You yeah, know, you're I, better I, equipped at that than what I, I am. I understand that, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, you know, I guess at the end of the day, it comes back to whatever you're your reason for being here is you know and, mm. and who you're here to to support and, and those sorts of things yeah and uh, I, I'm you know very much focused on um, assisting um, not necessarily everybody to get through this transition but particularly to assist those of us who are here to support mm. people to get through the transition mm. so you know it's mm. kind of like um, I see my audience as light workers, mm. star seeds who are here, mm. and they need to first of all come to a realization of who they are mm. and, and you know who they can be, mm. and then they're in a position to help mm. others who are coming behind them. If that makes sense, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, where do you see your work going next after this? So you're going to pursue. You're, you're pursuing the study of psychotropics um look i what i'm doing is i'm i'm supporting the the mainstreaming of psychedelics yeah that's what i'm supporting okay, okay. and that's really not the focus of my work it's just mm-hmm. a, an extra thing that i do you know part-time mm. Mm. Um, most of my work is really focused on um communicating so people that understand what the hell's going on, mm. right? Which which is where the future sense thing comes mm. in, and, and not just what's going on now, but what's coming down the track, mm. so they can prepare for it and navigate through it. Mm. Uh, and secondly, um, supporting star seeds, light workers, whatever you want to call them, who yep. are here to to help bring humanity through this transition, mm. and making sure that they have the tools that they need to do that, yeah. and that they're personally empowered to do that. Because that's this the, this phase that we're coming in, the transition from yeah. the technological intelligence yeah. to the era of the gods, yeah. which is coming up. You know, that's the second half of this decade into the early 30s. Yeah. Um, that's where they're going to really step up. Eh? That's they're right. Gonna, there's exactly. going to be so many of them that will just like yeah. come come to this awakened empowerment yeah. and they're going to be, you know, really implementing a lot of their um, fundamental purpose. Yeah. And, and for people who are more uh, in that field of resonance with what I'm sharing as we're we're beyond the technological intelligence beyond the hologram of the gods we don't come really into our play until the end of the decade and into the next decade that makes sense to me Um, 
So these layers have to play out. Yes, they do. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. in stages. Yeah, part of my part of my plan is to uh, set up a centre, mm. um, which is, will effectively be a light body activation centre, mm. uh, and a centre that can hold a, a frequency embedded in the Earth's mm. grid. Mm. Uh, and and my understanding is that um, you know a certain number of us on the planet are mm. serving this. Uh, this role of helping to embed the new frequencies mm. in the Earth's grid, and also uh, supporting a certain number of um, people to transition into these higher frequencies, mm. so that we can reach that critical mass point, which is going mm. to tip us over. Right? Mm. Mm. And um, and there are there are indications that that critical mass point is actually 144,000 activated light bodies, mm. um, which of course is a you know is a figure that's been a frack of the times. speed of light. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. Wow, that's, that's so I can see, and I know that there are other people around the planet who are who are doing you know similar things to me, and who have already set up centres, you know, yeah. that are focused on this sort of stuff, and and uh, yeah, there's a lot of focus in the, in that space going on right now. It is growing, and I support all of that because it's the next step in our evolution. Yeah, so all that work's really critically important. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I'm and I'm I'm actually playing um, a mentoring role for some folks behind the scenes different groups yeah cool that's great um and because that next step in evolution needs counsel and guidance yes yeah yeah, yeah. just like you know i need counsel and guidance yeah. you know don't we all <laughs> don't we all and um and so part of my fundamental purpose is to help steer and guide the step through the technological intelligence yeah. that we're we're dealing with right now yeah. and then through the hologram of the gods yeah to get us beyond both of these two stages mm. of evolution that we're addressing right now yeah you know, one to the next and then yeah um and and then you know the natural way of life the natural way of life comes after the hologram of the gods energy yeah, yeah. which is built on you know the god particle which is the tetrahedron yeah yeah that um that a little bomb tipping point into second tier another aspect of it that i haven't spoken about yet is is something that ken wilber called the pre-trans fallacy um which is worth knowing about and that is if you look at the way you know the way that our consciousness has operated as we've evolved so far we started out in what you'd call a pre-rational state you know Mm. where the rational mind wasn't king and what was king was our our basic urges and instincts uh, and um, those were the things that guided us. And, and you know, back then we were actually more in tune, much, much more in tune with mm. nature and the natural mm. rhythms of things than we are now. And then the, the, the rational mind sort of became king with the, ad, the um, advent of the um, agricultural era, mm. you know. Mm. So people didn't have to necessarily be in tune with nature to, to live comfortably, they mm. could, you know, someone else could do the farming and you mm. could sit and become a philosopher, you know, mm. and mm. you get that rational mind ticking over way mm. too fast. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, so, been there. Yeah, yeah. Still do it on the odd occasion. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, from the sort of agricultural era, the scientific yeah. industrial era, and this era that we're moving into now, you know, we're dealing with that dominance of the rational mind. Mm. And what happens with the transition in the second tier is we open up to the multi-dimensional, you know, intuitive mind. Mm. Um, and the our pre-rational capacities are still there, our rational capacities are still there, but we've got this higher order way of operating, you know, which mm. is um, 
what I call a deep intuition uh, and a multidimensionality. Mm-hmm. And so in that transition between the rational mind and that deep intuition in second tier, there's a zone which is very, very confusing. Very, very mm-hmm. confusing. And this fits in with your uh, holograms of the gods mm-hmm. concept, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because what people are doing is they're, they're swapping out rationality for something else mm. and what they're swapping it out for is not rational mm. and what typically happens is they get confused between lower order superstitions mm. and higher order mm. intuition mm. okay these down here being driven mm. by fear mm. this being absent of fear does, oh, it, does wow. that make sense that does beautifully and, yeah. and so Wilbur nailed this and he called yeah. it the pre-trans this being transrational pre-rational, the pre-trans fallacy zone mm. where we, we concoct all these fantastical things because where part of us is kind of getting a sense that there's something much more and interdimensional mm. but sometimes mm. we don't know the difference between shit and clay. Mm. <laughs> In my early days I was like, you know, I didn't know whether I was Arthur or Martha and, yeah. you know, yeah. upside down, inside out and the other way around. Yeah. It was really confusing. Yeah. So that's, you know, and that can lead to, you know, the whole realm of false gods and all this kind of stuff. You're caught up in stories. Totally, totally, yeah. Yeah. So that's the, you know, from a from a destruction sort of graves and, and mm. Wilbur's perspective, that's the, the way of explaining that mm. particular phase, mm. yeah. Um, and we're seeing a lot of it happening right now, actually, mm. you know, where um, people are just uh, extremely vulnerable to manipulation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. You know, when they're in that zone of confusion and they're not quite sure, mm. you know, they're, they're knowing, they're, there's a deep sense that the rational mind is actually not where they're going mm. you know so they're starting to let go of the rational mind so mm. they also start to lose that rational capacity to determine you know what's good and what's not to what's simplify it for me not. it's like the rug got pulled out from under me yeah and i was left floating in the sea of uncertainty yeah and then yeah. to create some sort of tangibility i started creating stories and you know and and attaching myself to other people's stories yeah and which made me more easily manipulated yeah and that's why the galactic federation of light got me yeah i mean you know this is a, a, a an organized group yeah and uh, it's it's like the spiritual arm of uh, uh of an empire mm. of, of a galactic empire and you know we're going to be introduced to that very soon mm. i mean you know you've got the defense the top defense minister ex-defense minister of um uh israel it has come out and said, you know, you know, Donald Trump and others are fully in contact with the Galactic Federation. Yeah, right. And they're going to introduce, um, they're going to be introduced to the world, you know, in a pretty short, reasonable amount of time. You know, they're just putting all their ducks in a row before that that happens. And Space Force was created as well, and you know, because um, they're aiming for that semi-militarized Star Trek sort of version of life. Yeah, right. That's the model they're. And that's why the logo of Space Force is the same as Star Trek's logo. <laughs> it's identical. Yeah, I know. Right? I know. Yeah, so, yeah. so, you know, Space Fast. Is it Space yeah. Force or is it yeah. Space Fast? I mean, um, from my own personal experiences, you know, this, is, this relationship with these um, uh, Imperial forces has been going on for a very long time behind the scenes. It's just a, a very good layer. And I mean, you know, it's, people go, well, how can they keep something like that a secret? Well, how can they convince 
um, the global population that there's a pandemic when there's not a pandemic. Yeah. And, and a lot of that is to do with the, how, how they with doing the emergence that? of this pre-trans fallacy right. zone. You know, people are people are very easily manipulated. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I look back how easily I was manipulated, yeah. both by earthly forces and extraterrestrial forces and interdimensional forces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've been in the receiving end of those three, and uh, and it's taken me several years to, you know, heal. And I'm not saying I'm fully healed. I've still got a bit to do. Mm-hmm. But I got through the bulk of it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And uh, and and it, it was very traumatic for me. And some of my experiences have been absolutely incredibly traumatic. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um. And so, but going through that school of hard knocks and having walked that path, you know, again, you know, it's it's like we're sitting on a gold mine. Yeah. Absolutely. Because those experiences um, gives you know provides us with knowledge and wisdom that's invaluable. It's gotten me through um, incredible amount of adversity, and also prevented me from going down certain paths now, which you know um, a lot of energies and entities want to lure and bait people like you and I, because they want to utilize us as assets, mm. you know, because of our experience and our wealth of knowledge and wisdom, uh, we become very valuable asset. And, and I'm seeing the offers that were granted to me which I did not declined, by the way, those offers. Um, I can see other people who have taken them on out there in the world. Yeah, right. And it's really interesting to say, that could have been me. And I'm glad mm. I made the choice not to be that. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is the, the weird and amazing thing about the human experience is we come in here and we have to, we have to grow through all this stuff, you know, along with everybody yeah. else. Yeah. To, you know. No, I'm, I'm feeling there's a core group of us who are, are coming through, are shining through. Yeah. And, you know, when I'm holding my webinars and running my courses, international audience, and I see people from all walks of life, and and uh, and, and I say, because I get people from the military, I get people from religious organisations, I get, you know, um, all sorts of folks mm. who, you know, from single mums to grandmas and grandpas and uncles and aunties and... You name it. To to, I've I had a private session booked with me from German from the Vatican. Wow! It was a priest, cool. and he worked deep in the vaults in the library. Yeah, right. And he <laughs> booked a private session with me, and I said, "What? What are you doing booking a private session with me?" I'd love to see what books they've got in those rooms. Right? <laughs> and um, and 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 I, it was really fascinating. Yeah. And um, because the Vatican keeps an eye on all of us, right? And I'm a very, um, I'm a, a quite a concerted point of interest because of the work that I'm doing and what I'm on the planet to do. Um, he said to me that he left the priesthood. He wanted me to know wow. that he left the priesthood. He walked away from the Vatican because he read deep in the vaults what was in there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and we're not talking like, you know, second, third tier levels of vaults. You know, he went right in. Yeah, wow. He had access to the deepest. And yeah. he said to me out of all the people on the planet that are saying, talking about the big picture of life, he goes, I want you to know you're one of the closest to the, to what we have on our records. Wow. As to what life is, the structure of life and, yeah, yeah. and how you present, you know, what Christ is and what Buddha is and all those and yeah. all that energy and your version of that is the closest. We don't know anyone else at the moment. That's fantastic. There, there's a couple of people that are saying something similar to you and, um, and, he wanted to deliver that message personally to me, and 
by the end of it, when we're talking about, you know, the heart of the Christos and Buddha and all that, we're bawling our eyes out. We're sobbing like babies together mm, because mm. we had such a beautiful unification of our heart going on. And, um, and it's, it's just really nice to also get that inspiration. He wanted to, he wanted to encourage me, yeah. you know, to keep going. That's and great. Um, it, it was lovely for yeah. him to do that. Uh, really interesting that he could no longer stay in that organisation yeah. and have that, that world view. Yeah, and it's, this is a really interesting aspect of what's going on on the planet at the moment is that people are, people are transforming within these institutions, you mm. know, so it's like they're, they're being changed from the inside out, which mm. is, which is mm. what's, what is needed, you know. Mm. So it's, it's amazing to see. And, you know, what, what message do you have, because I can feel the energy winding up yeah. for this time around, but on closing, what, what energy, or, sorry, what, besides energy, what wisdom do you have to share um, with folks because we're entering into a very challenging time. We are. Yeah. And um, it's, it's what wisdom can you share when an individual's worldview gets challenged in such a profound way, which is going to be especially, especially the biggest trump card of them all. And I'm not talking Donald. I am talking the introduction of ET to humanity is yeah. going to shake and stir this world like nothing else. You, you, think, you think this fake pandemic has, has done a lot to this world? You ain't seen nothing yet, mate. When that one happens, it's going to question everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nothing, there's not going to be a, a stone left unturned Yeah. as to the, the who are we as a species, the primordial questions. Who are we? Where do we come from? What are we doing here? Yeah. And where are we headed? Yeah. And those four primordial questions are going to be brought front and centre the moment that ET becomes fully official. Absolutely. And, it, and it's going to, for those of, of us who haven't moved beyond being controlled by fear, it's going to cause extreme fear. You know? mm. Look, um, in terms of pearls of wisdom, I think first and foremost, we need to look after ourselves. Mm. We really need to stay grounded, mm. uh, understand that the, the Earth's energy is shifting at the moment, and the very best thing that we can do is to stay in tune with the Earth as it shifts. That's the very best thing we can do. Music to my heart. Yep. So stay grounded, you know, mm. get out, uh, connect okay. with the Earth every day, have some sort of a, a personal practice. Uh, that embraces meditation, the tapping into those other dimensions, and embraces uh, communing with the earth mm. and being grounded, mm. first and foremost. Um, secondly, we need to flow naturally with the change as it happens, and the only way that we're going to navigate through it is to flow with it, okay? And, and what is coming with this emerging paradigm is um, a return to true community. Mm. So it's calling us to find the people that we vibe with, and to physically commune with them, mm. you know, not on Facebook or, or the web only, but actually physically, and we need to build resilient communities. And we need to do that because the system that we're relying on at the moment, the economic system, you know, the government systems, the health systems, are in collapse. Mm. And over the next 10 years, they're gonna fail completely. So we need to, now, we need to be building what's next. And, and places you know, uh, like this, places like Byron Shire and other similar like-minded places in the world already have some of those alternative systems mm. in place, particularly mm. healthcare mm. systems, yeah, and, and the community bonds. So it's really, really important. Yeah, really important, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know, start to think about 
the collapse of the systems that we are still relying on and you know how we're going to survive beyond that so you know food supply um, mm. all those things that come from factories in China you know um, how how are we going to um, cope you know without those things in the future and, and I'm not for a minute suggesting that we need to go back to you know, to living uh, like cave people. No, not like back to sticks and no, stones. It's not uh, what we're saying. It's not what we're saying, you know. It's not about yeah. that. But it's about making sure that we are nurturing the emergence of what's next. So we're not just replacing these systems. We're creating systems that are better than them. Well, okay. we have technologies available to us that are in total harmony with our, with our energy, yeah. with our biology, absolutely, with our relationship with Mother Earth. Yeah. Total harmony with Mother Earth herself. Yeah. Non-destructive, non-harmful technologies are fully available to us right now. Yeah. It's just we're not being permitted by certain psychopaths, psychopathic energies, entities. Yeah, and I mean that with yep. with, with a, yeah. Yeah, 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 with with a great deal of love. I'm just calling a spade a spade, right? And, and they're playing a really important role, and I'm really grateful for them, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But they are psychopaths, and they are sociopaths. That's it. It's just reality, right? Yes. Um, yeah. and, and they're preventing us from having access to these technologies. So yeah. the moment this control system gets lifted, boom. You know, we're going to be, yeah, using photonic-based technologies. Yeah. And we're going to be transcending the prison of the electric universe. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there are wonderful, you know, interim technologies coming too, like magnetic generators for generating electricity and those sorts of things, you know, mm, just, yeah. which are already here. And as you said, they're just being controlled and, and not being allowed to be distributed just yet. But so we're moving to uh, a decentralised world where we, for a time, we need to kind of hunker down, um, be self-sufficient locally. Um, but also be still be tuned into what's happening mm. at a planetary level and mm. be in touch with other similar like-minded communities from mm. around the world. Mm. And we're you know we're building a new energy grid for the planet mm. that that's operating at a higher frequency. Um, and, and you know, building is probably not the right word. We're supporting the emergence of a natural mm. energy grid. Yeah, that's lovely language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, being in tune, you know, is just really important. Uh, and um, expect the unexpected over the next 10 years because I, I you know I'm fully in line with everything that you're saying mm. uh, and what we're seeing is just human nature playing itself out mm -hmm. people who are operating from some of these first tier frequencies mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who are very comfortable at the mm -hmm. moment mm -hmm. you know they're, they're rich they can do anything they want they want the world to stay the same you know and if you were in they their do. shoes he's right they do if you're in their shoes you'd be doing the same mm -hmm. thing as well mm -hmm. uh, it, that's just the way it is and so they're gonna they're gonna take and are already starting to take desperate measures mm. to try and make things you know stay the same mm. and we need to be able to uh, transcend that and make sure that we can do what we need to do and support the emergence of this amazing future you know which we we ought to be have great reason to be terribly optimistic about uh, because it's coming uh, mm. and uh, and it's in the process of that emerging and us coping with the in-between times it's calling all of us to step up. Mm. It really is. It really is. It's a big call, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof. There's really so much is being asked of us right now. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So, are you hearing the call? Mm. And if you're hearing the call, are you responding? Exactly. Yeah. In kind. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. 
Yeah, because um, Steve and I, we're big on what's being asked of us right now, and we want to step up, and we want to be, we want to be present, we want to be here for humanity, and not we want to, we are. We are here for humanity. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 And you just need to ask yourself, are you? That's all. You don't have to do what we're doing. We're just doing. Steve's doing Steve. George is doing George. Yep. But are you doing you? That's the question. Yeah, very important question. Because there's a lot of people who aren't being who they need to be right now, who they're meant to be. Yeah. Well, Steve, um, first time out, what an absolute ripper of a dialogue. It's been a great pleasure, George. It's been <laughs> oh, a great mate. pleasure. I'm, and, uh, I'm, we, we should tell the, the folks yeah. that we didn't decide what we were going to talk about. No. We just figured that we'd jam. And yeah. I think it worked. I reckon it worked <laughs> just beautifully in the flow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so Steve and I will probably go and have a beer now, I reckon. <laughs> maybe. Soda water, maybe. Soda water. <laughs> Just trying to throw some fun into the equation. That's later on in the day. It's still, you know, not even noon yet, I don't think. Probably not, no. But it's a, it's yeah. a gorgeous time of day. And Steve, thank you for coming on to Super thank Radio. Thank you so much, brother. It's I been really, a pleasure. really, yeah, yeah. Love on and appreciate you. Really. And, uh, yeah, we've got a lot of uh, fun co-creation ahead of us. Totally. Let's do it again, yeah. 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 It starts on Tuesday. Yeah. At Yarns. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) 8 a.m. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good bit of training. All right. Stay beautiful, stay brilliant, and um, embrace your super woo because, you know, we have to be this multidimensional being. It's being asked of us right now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to close it off. I'm a big Pink Floyd fan, so... Shine on you, crazy diamond. You too, bro. Keep shining. Thanks, bro. You've been listening to the Future Sense podcast, brought to you by the non-profit Agency for Advanced Development of Integrative Intelligence, part of the RD Mesh Foundation. You can find us online at futuresense.it, where you can subscribe for free, and also link to our social media accounts on Twitter and Facebook.